Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 104 of The Whatevery Show. And I sound weird to myself this time because I don't have any headphones, so I just hear my regular old voice instead of like the, the smooth, dulcet tones of what I actually sound like. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, okay. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, um, secretly I've turned his audio all the way down and he doesn't <laughs> can't know. hear anything. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, we've got a hell of a show for you this week. Um, we are going to talk, I don't know, about obstruction of justice a little bit, I think. We are go- we, we've got obstruction of justice to go over. We've got some more in the sexual harassment areas, because uh, that, that story is just evergreen at this point, I think. It, like, weekly, it may be at some point we're going to have to give up and only discuss it as it becomes like, specifically relevant to our podcast, because, man, just every week it's like 10 more guys go down. I'm waiting for one of us to be next in the news. I, I'm surprised we're not already. Uh, we've got DC stuff. First look at Titans Robin. I saw this, uh, and I meant to put it in the show notes, but it looks pretty, pretty not bad, actually. I, I think I'm excited for that. Uh, we're going to talk about Kevin Smith and what he thinks about Justice League. Uh, there's relevance to that. I think we'll get to there when we talk about why we're talking about Kevin Smith talking about a thing. Uh, Arrowverse crossover. I, I think we're going to hit that this week as well. Perhaps the meat and potatoes here. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of, I kind of got the little, little misty when, when I watched it the first time. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War trailer. First one came out this week, and holy shit, man! It just, it, it's sort of like, I almost think that I, I would rather have this trailer than I, than I do the Justice League movie, uh, if that makes sense. But uh, man, it was so good, and it's even more apparent. You know, I think the direction in the in the Infinity War trailer was definitely a little bit yeah. more cohesive. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Star Trek beer. Ralph Garman. We're gonna talk Ralph Garman and uh, what's going on with him this week. Another kind of interesting tragedy. But um, anyway, we got lots of stuff. Let's uh, let's get to it, shall we? Yeah. All right, um, let's open up the cock holster, shall we? Well, I mean, I think Which, I think the cock holster is always open if if your name is Vladimir Putin. I think it is. I think it is. Um, so this week, Flynn pleads guilty to lying to the FBI. Um, yeah, so that's a thing. Yep. Uh, you, you might have remembered, you might have recalled from such times as when he got fired, uh, by the campaign, uh, uh, well, you know, then, then president, I think it was in like the first month. I think that happened in January. Yeah. Um, and then of course charges were made and now Flynn's, you know, basically getting rolled by, Mo- uh, Mueller, Bob Mueller. So that should be fun. Um, I'm excited for it. I think, I think this is, this is all a lot of fun. Trump predictably, uh, goes off on several tirades and tries to deflect as hard as he can. None of which make a lot of sense from a presidential standpoint. No, what my favorite one though, definitely was, uh, on Saturday after he tweets basically that yes, he did in fact obstruct justice. I don't think he understands what that means yet because he basically all, he, he confirmed it. He was like patting himself on the back. Yeah. He, uh, I think maybe, maybe, uh, I went ahead and I stuck it in the show notes, but, but this is a great, this is a great, uh, uh, tweet because it's so like, it's so like, this is why we have Miranda rights. This is why they tell him like anything you say can and will be used against you. Like, like I have to picture Bob Mueller, like he's sitting in front of like this gigantic board in his office and he's got tacks and connecting strings and stuff together. And then like some intern comes in and he's like, Hey Bob, um, you can probably take all that shit down now. Like, he it's, just tweeted it. He just fine, tweeted yeah. it. Yeah. So he says, of course, uh, Donald Trump tweets, I had to fire General Flynn because he lied to the vice president and the FBI. He has pled guilty to those lies. It is a shame because his actions during the transitions, transition were lawful. There was nothing to hide. 
So he had to fire General Flynn because he lied to the president and the FBI. So that means Trump knew that he lied to the FBI. Um, and yet he still went to Comey and said, you know, just let it go. Uh, it's not a big deal. Just let, let's, let's just not go after this one. So that, you know, because he's the president, um, is actually, you know, a pretty clear cut case of obstruction. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if our completely dickless, uh, Republican Congress, uh, does anything about this. I'm going to guess no, since apparently pedophilia is like totally fine. I, I think a little obstruction of justice, you know, like, uh, wh- where can you go from, from diddling kids and try to get that guy elected? Uh, um, you know, are, are we really just going to, you know, let the obstruction go? I'm going to guess probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of have a mad on for Mitch McConnell this week. I mean, I don't know why that's not a thing every week, but um, oh, the, it is. He, he, he just, the every GOP time tax plan name, that just got ramrodded down everybody's fucking a holes this weekend. Is every, yeah, pretty, every time I hear McConnell's name, I, I just kind of want to punch a turtle. Uh, I don't know why, um, subconsciously, but uh, I think you he know. looks kind of like a turtle. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, this is another historic thing, and not in a good way. This isn't like good historic. Um. Friday night at 2 a.m. Eastern time, uh, uh, Republicans passed in the Senate a tax bill, and I'm air quoting tax because there's all kinds of shit in here that has nothing related to taxes. Like, for example, um, language classifying life at conception, uh, um, you know, so you know, they can further move to overturn reverse Wade uh, uh, and just basically outlaw abortion. There is all kinds of other crazy shit in here. Apparently, you can... Healthcare. Healthcare is is taking a bath in this one, looking like the individual provisions from Obamacare are, that are being removed are are technically in a tax bill right now. Yeah, um, this is a lot like also when Strom Thurmond drilling. Yeah, this is a lot like when Strom Thurmond put language in in uh, in a bill um, several years ago to the effect of of uh, that you cannot uh, file bankruptcy if you're a Puerto Rican uh, business entity. Yeah, going under. Yeah. Like, here, here, we, we're going to roll everything that we've ever invested in you guys into hedge funds now, and you guys are broke and can't do anything about it. You know, though, I have Weird. to respect this bill, though, because they did, they took a hard stance and they did the hard thing, and they said, you know what, we cannot let these teachers deduct the cost of supplies they're buying for their students out of their own pockets any longer. Uh, you know, that's a hard man- hard maneuver, but Republicans have always been very uh, worried about spending and increasing the deficit. So, oh, right. It increases the deficit $1.5 trillion over the next 10 years. I heard it was and closer you know, to two, but yeah. Yeah. You know what else they did, too, while they were cutting taxes? They cut in the du- deductions for the teachers. Um, they gave themselves added- big old fat tax deductions. Yeah, they did. They did add... Uh, um, you no longer have to pay taxes on your private plane. I think there's an exemption or something in there for fucking your uh, for your butler. Although fucking your butler is is a you know distinctly GOP thing to do as well. Um, or your maid. Some of us like to fuck our maids. <laughs> Thanks, Arnold. Um, yeah, so they they did add exemptions for that. So you know, I, I guess this should save me a lot of money. I'm going to get in my private plane and head over to the the um you know local healthcare office where I try to pay, you know basically pay an arm and a leg to get care. But it's fine because you know my private plane now it, it's tax free. Fine. I, 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 oh, I, golf course owners too. Those guys got a break. I think Poor this guys. is amazing because it it literally I don't understand. Here's the thing: if you're middle class, uh, in in a southern state and you've been fucking brainwashed by the gop at this point in time mm. how because 
there is legitimately no language in this tax bill that is good for you. None. No, none of this is good at all. And that's what's kind of crazy about the current state of politics to me. Uh, Donald Trump has the lowest approval rating of like any president in history, and he's done it in a record time. Congress has, uh, I think, the lowest approval rating of just about any Congress in history. They introduced a tax bill, which only has a 22% approval rating, which means that the vast majority of Republicans don't even support this bullshit. And yet they're still just they're going to incredibly insane lengths to do it. So, you know, like, for example, at 2 a.m. voting in a 500 page tax bill that has entire pages crossed out in marker, essentially, and entire provisions in the thing written in in the margins. Like it looks it looks to me like a sophomore doing his term paper, uh, uh, like the night after, you know, a, a big party that has to be turned in, you know, tomorrow morning. It It's so weird because. You can legitimately tell which provisions were put in there specifically to buy votes from certain, oh, from yeah, certain yeah, senators. Oh, yeah, you totally can. And it's like, okay, well, we can't get, you know, Senator fucking ballfucker on board unless we basically um, make abortion illegal. So let's go ahead and just write that language in there real quick. Yeah, it's no like, problem. Tax bill, whatever. Just stick it in there. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of the more disgusting displays in politics that I've seen lately, and that's even adjusted for Trump terms, so I'm, I'm just impressed. And I'm because, disappointed in McCain, because McCain actually signed off on this bullshit. Oh, and God. he had just made leaps and bounds. No, nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. With, I'm done with fucking McCain. Like, there's no more McCain for me. Like, there's never going to be a case. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, maybe McCain's going to show some of that backbone. He's, you know, he's a maverick. He's going to go his own way. Nope. He's going to stand there and he's going to juggle fucking Trump's balls uh, and just take it right in the mouth because uh, that's that's who let's not forget. That's really actually who McCain is. This is one of the most disgusting displays uh, uh, that I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Especially because his whole big thing on the healthcare bill was oh you know we just we can't do this the process isn't right and blah 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 and this is the most fucked up example of process like in in modern history in terms of the united states and how we pass law in this and country McCain had an opportunity to make a difference here and he didn't. could have seriously so. made a difference. Um, it, 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 you know we kind of keep looking into these three you know Republicans who basically have <clears throat> either nothing to lose or a lot to lose. And, you know, I got to say, they pretty much all disappointed this time. The only one that got away, I think, was Corker. Corker was the only no Republican. Um, and that's because they were just like, uh, yeah, we don't give a shit. And if you don't want to vote for this thing, fuck you, because we know we got all the other ones. So yeah. go ahead. And they didn't want to make any concessions for a Corker. So here we are. Here we are. Yeah. I can't wait, though. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, have my children's education get worse. But, you know, to to know that that hardworking uh uh, golf course owner um, is making somebody's day brighter who makes six figures a year and can spend a lot of their time playing golf. Yeah, uh, I'm fucking done with right wing fucking politics right now. I just I, I wish it like I it was it was a thing, but there was a time before and I was like, oh, yeah, fiscal conservative uh, conservatism. You know, I can kind of understand that it's not a thing I agree with, but, you know, I, I can get on board. We I, don't need to spend and we need to have a tight budget. And who's going to pay for that? Yeah, sure. Those are all, you know, sane things until you go completely off the fucking deep end. Basically, what the Republicans did out here was they went and got a credit card and spent it all on booze. Uh, uh, um, you know, they just, they just, they went coke and horse essentially for the entire weekend. And now they've got, you know, a trillion dollars in debt that they have no, no plan to deal with. Except for, you know, the next plan is obviously they're going to go after social programs like Medicare and Medicaid and probably Social Security. So, well, look forward to that attack on, attack on one of the small safety nets this country still offers. Here's the deal, guys. Anybody that's listening at home that's thinking that I should shut my liberal mouth and blah, blah, blah. I used to be a fucking Republican. Cock, this is our show. 
I used to be a fucking Republican, <clears throat> yeah. all right? Eddie knew me when I was a Republican, and I wasn't a miserable son of a bitch like these people are. Uh, no. Uh, so you're a Republican, but like I said, you are a Republican only in the way that, like, the classic sort of, like, conservative, uh, you know, when it comes to cost and spending I, and shit like that. I probably fit the <clears throat> definition of a libertarian these days more than anything else, and probably back then as well, because I, I was more physically or fiscally uh, see, cause conservative. When you really but, think about libertarians, I, I really kind of think that they're off the deep end even more. They can be. I mean, if... If you look at the true definition of a, of a libertarian, I probably fit that. Oh, okay, maybe. Like, uh, the on-paper definition. Practical libertarianism right now is just kind of like, yeah, we don't need a fire department. It'll be fine. Yeah. No, th- those people are stupid. But um, it it's just one of those things where I, I, I was a Republican at one point, and then my party left me. You know why my party left me? Because all of a sudden, the Republicans are worried about who's sleeping with who. Um, and what I mean is not men and women. I mean, anybody that's the same sex and probably not even the women as much because, um, I bet you every single Republican on the Senate has probably watched lesbian porn and gotten off. Well, it's like the party of projectionism at this point. Like, yeah. who, <clears throat> who do we kind continuously find, uh, blowing a dude in a bathroom? Republicans, you know, like it, it, it's just that's the thing lately, you know? So yeah. again, I hate, I hate to have it be such a, you know, red versus blue team sports sort of thing right now. But uh, I I just, there's no equivalency here. The Republicans are floating absolutely and doing absolutely insane things like day after day uh, in, in ways that are not only morally bankrupt, but you know, socially bankrupt as well. Um, So like, I I just, I can't even get on board. I can't even pretend like, Oh, there's two sides to the coin. And you know, if you just think it through, you could come up with an argument for either side. I can't anymore. I can't even, I can't even. There's, there's no, there's no argument to be made for fucking 13 million people out of healthcare in a fucking tax bill. Yeah. There's no argument to be made for that. That adds $1.5 trillion to the deficit after spending the last six years in power, uh, blocking every single democratic move to provide any sort of social uh, safety net for citizens that wasn't deficit neutral. And 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 gives the wealthy so many tax breaks that it literally costs our country $500 million per year in tax revenue. Yeah, it's an, it's an insane so. bill. I can't understand. Like at this point, I think they they've got to just be like, well, we got to pass something. Let's not think about this too hard. Let's just get something out there. Yeah, and and here's the thing. This is the one victory the Republicans have in the last eleven months since Trump's taken office. Oh, and it's going to be honestly, if 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 it doesn't significantly get altered in conference. Okay, so that's actually let let's segue out of this really quick. But I will say it it's not quite hopeless yet. Uh, a version of the bill is passed in the Senate. A version of the bill is passed in the House. That, I'm not going to lie, kids, is pretty fucking bad. Uh, the good news is that it still has to go through a reconciliation process and conference uh, uh, to, you know, basically come up with a unified version uh, through the House and Senate. So there's til- still chi- time to probably not completely undo all of the effects, but uh, undo some of the more massively uh, egregious and just shameless parts of it. Uh, so now is the time to put pressure on your local Congress critters. So if, uh, for example, especially if you live in a red state, call those motherfuckers and tell them you're not going to vote uh, uh, Republican if this bill passes as it stands. Um, if this bill passes that allows uh, drilling, uh, oil drilling in an Arctic refuge, uh, uh, wildlife refuge, if this bill uh, uh, attempts to outlaw abortion, basically, um, if this bill, uh, you know, leaves in uh, um, tax breaks for uh, private jet owners a, while taking them away from um, teachers who buy their kids um 
you know, school supplies. If this bill continues to uh, remove deductions from uh, college students, because uh, that's the other thing, you know, that, you know, who's got uh, all the fucking money. These college students living it up with their fucking ramen and their bedroll. Uh, yeah. Uh, paying absorbent uh, the, the I mean, highest tuition prices adjusted for inflation or not in the history of of the United States, um, coming out with millions of dollars of debt and no job economy. They're, they're millennials, right? I mean, they're they 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 live a minimalist lifestyle. So you know. Oh yeah, they come to read that bitch. That's what they were yeah. going for. Here's, like, here's the funny thing: millennials always have that reputation about like you know they don't really want much in life. They don't want cars. Blah blah blah. They can't fucking afford cars. Yeah, that's why. Like, like I have a, I have another theory. The reason why millennials are supposed to be like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not. Um, I heard this. Somebody else was talking about this. Then they said that um, uh, in polling, millennials say that they don't really want to make a ton of money so much as they want to feel like they're making a difference. It's because they've given up on the idea of making a ton of money at it's, this point. It's funny because um, I actually was, I, I watched a video um, that was been circulating around Facebook with Mike Rowe in it, and you know, you can agree with Mike Rowe on things or you cannot agree with Mike Rowe on certain things, but he he kind of he kind of put the the student loan situation in a very clear perspective. He says, um, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but we're loaning money we don't have to students who can't pay it back to buy an education that's no longer viable. Yeah, basically. Um, like, yeah, I, I don't agree with Mike Rowe in totality, but I do think that one of the things that's kind of fucked up in this country is that we put all of this, uh, we've essentially, you know, it almost reads like a conspiracy theory, but we've put so much importance on college and going to college and what that's going to mean for your uh, uh, post-grad um, life that we see everybody else essentially as failures and that's just absolutely not true especially given you know like one of the things micro is a big proponent of is like we still need people who can weld shit like and that's yeah. not going to change anytime trade, soon I don't trade think. schools trade schools are important guys like it, then there, there's no shame in going to community college or a trade school straight out of high school especially if you don't know what the fuck you want to do yeah, and, and I'll even go further than that in saying I, I would be um, – it's not exactly shame, but, you know, do you look at the guy who went to a community college and then comes out and actually can, you know, make a living for himself uh, uh, in, in a relevant field – with uh, more shame because he went to a community college or the guy who went to, uh, uh, you know, a state school or an Ivy League uh, college and comes out for himself with nothing but uh, debt up to his eyeballs that, you know, can barely make ends. So, um, yeah. And jobs are what you make them, guys. I mean, I have half a degree from a community college and and I make a pretty decent living. Um, Eddie doesn't actually have any college credits right now, but still nope. manages to support his family just fine. So, you know, ish. Yeah. I mean, you're. <laughs> You're not, uh, you know, poverty stricken. No, in and, the and definitely at the, the time for me, um, I don't know. I guess if we looked at it overall, it, it maybe, um, you know, like I was look back if it, and if I really probably would have focused in on programming when I was a kid, I'd probably be a lot better off than I am now. Um, but especially at the time, like given my career prospects versus going going to college, uh, I, I definitely, you know, shot up like a rocket for the first you know five or six years in the working world so. this is this is what no college course teaches you or high school course or anything like that and that is uh self-advocacy like if you have a skill set and you learn to advocate for yourself you'll do okay yeah it's it's i'm not saying don't go to college but i'm saying if you're a high schooler who's graduating college and you know what the fuck you want to do don't go to a four-year college I am going to say don't go to a college if you don't have a plan. Like yeah. if you're going to college to get a liberal arts degree, 
um, you know, if, if that's fine. If your passion truly is like liberal arts and that's what you want to do, or, or your, your passion truly is one of the arts in general. And that's really, you know, just don't be disillusioned. You're probably going to come out and you're going to have a hard as fuck time finding a job. There's not, everybody pictures this like life where they're going to come out and they're going to get a, immediately go be a, the curator of a museum or some shit like that. That's probably not what's going to happen. Secondarily, I'm going to say college is way too goddamn expensive to not go there with a purpose. So if you're just like, Oh, I got to go to college. I better take some classes or whatever. I'm going to get a bachelor and what the fuck ever I can get. Um, that's probably not a good plan either. So if you're going to college and you know what you want to do, then go for it. Um, no, political science, don't do it. Unless you're like gearing up for a fascinating career of stocking the horsey sauce at your local Arby's in four years, don't don't get a political science degree. <laughs> uh, brutal, man. Brutal. I'm just saying, I know a lot of people with political science degrees. None of them have good jobs. Well, the thing with poli-sci degrees, I think, is that... Um, it's not really as much of a science as people think it is. It's not. There's it's no science to it at all. And if you don't have, if you don't have charisma or any aspirations to hold public office, you're not doing yourself any favors. Plus, most of the guys that get office positions these days or get lo- uh, elected into office have law degrees, not political science degrees. Law degrees. There's just something about public servants too that I think makes you more electable. Like, uh, there's plenty of guys that are have like John McCain, essentially elected uh, in, in do do in no small part uh, to the fact that he's a veteran. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of that in the, in the both houses of Congress, like uh, just being elected, you know, because of public service before uh, tends to be, you know, you know fairly common so folks donald j trump is president of the united states you do not need a political science degree to get into politics yeah there's that's a pretty clear example of like college is not necessarily in a guarantee of uh, um you know higher ability nor intelligence uh and yet here we are so just be born wealthy then you're fine yeah you just small loan 20 million dollars no big deal yeah yeah all right let's move on we've got something less depressing to talk about Matt we Lauer? have oh shit that is not we're not out of the we're not out of the cock holster yet no not quite not quite we're just still like uh you know like balls deep shaft at least um that's a colorful analogy i like it we're gonna yeah. stick with it yeah let's um, do it which is a perfect segue into matt lauer being fired from nbc in the wake of sexual sexual harassment allegations now i gotta say my favorite rumor that i've heard out of this that i was kind of like oh yeah i kind of want that that sounds pretty neat giant bag of dildos no, I didn't hear that. Oh, I in like I I totally don't need to get a giant. I, I you know I need apparently so, apparently that's something I don't have. Apparently he had one in his office closet at fucking Thirty Rock or something. Like you know what else he had in his office? He had a button that locked the door. Uh, so he he didn't have to get up from his desk to lock and unlock the door. Uh, so you could decide. So he could just jerk off to porn. Without yeah, moving. Or let's say you're entertaining a intern who you've probably convinced is the only way uh you that she can make it in this this industry is, you know, to to blow you. You just you hit the button and then you you're good to go. You know, here's the thing. And I'm going to turn this into a right versus left thing again because it kind of <laughs> might as well. It rides itself at this point. Um the news breaks about this uh every fucking uh, you know, Infowars and whatever fucking other goddamn Republican rags are out there. Alt right, even maybe not even Republican. Alt right. Yes. Um. Uh. Well, where there's smoke, there's fire. He's got to be guilty, and yeah. yet we still have fucking Judge Roy Moore. Oh, I know. This is actually one of the kind of like um, you know, they, they I I assume these these people have meddled in mental gymnastics, uh, you know, in like Tucker Carlson, you know, he's definitely got a stretch before going out and 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 like uh, doing the mental gymnastics. Tucker that he does. is a fucking weird anomaly of a fucking. 
Oh, Tucker's news such a piece of shit, but pretty much everybody on Fox is. You know, and I'm even going to go so far as to say, yeah, just about everybody on Fox is a piece of shit in one way or the other. Well, so, I mean, they got him from Breitbart, so I think they knew what they were getting. Tucker? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Tucker's been around a long time. Yeah, he's, I think he's I think he's been with Fox, I think, longer than Breitbart's been a thing. No. Uh, I'm pretty positive, because, like, Jon Stewart ended his show, like, uh, are you sure? six or seven years I'm ago. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he had some ties with Breitbart. Well, he probably does, because it's all incestuous. Um. But anyway, uh, Tucker is my favorite because he'll go on a show and and just be like go off about how all these Democrats and their sexual allegation suits and all that kind of shit. And it's like, dude, whose fucking time slot are you in? You're in fucking Bill O'Reilly's time slot because he got ousted due to sexual allegation or sexual harassment allegations. Um, so let's let's not you know. How about Roger Ailes? You know, little founder of your fucking shit network. Uh, who? What? It? Why? Why did he go? You know, die disgraced uh, again? Oh, right. Same fucking thing that you're over here being like, this is some Democrat thing and that's only the liberals. Do you know what blows me away is the whole, uh, like, uh, uh, reports of Disney uh, trying to buy 21st Century Fox and whatnot. And, like, the division that, the two divisions that Fox wasn't willing to sell were news and finance because they wanted to focus on those. Yeah. Like, Fox hasn't focused on news in fucking 25 years. I have to assume that, like, it's a consistent moneymaker for them. Like... Uh, I, I also assume like, like if they started a Patreon, I think they could probably be self-sustaining for a long time because let's face it, th- it's practically cult like at this point, like the people who are like, Oh, I don't watch any of those other, I don't watch or listen to any other news. I just watch Fox. Like th- it's disturbing. To me. Almost positive that if fucking Tucker bites the dust this time, that like the next person to fill that time slot is going to be Montgomery Burns. <laughs> that would be awesome. Excellent. Um, Smithers release the hounds. We didn't have the hounds installed, sir. What? <laughs> uh, Simpson, eh? It's a, it's a news network this time. Ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it. Um, okay, so anyway, um, yeah, Matt Lauer. Uh, apparently a huge piece of shit as well. This, uh, again, seems like another one of those inside secrets that everybody knew about, that except for us. Oh, or seemingly Matt Lauer. Because apparently this came as, quote, quite the shock to him. You know what I, I loved? Uh, actually, I saw an Onion headline today that was something like, uh, Area Woman is thankful that there's finally a reason for her hatred of Matt Lauer. Like, <laughs> just hated the guy before, and now now there's finally... Yeah, good good joke. Good I've joke, never Kanye. been a fan of Matt Lauer either. So that's uh, it's kind of one of those things. He does, you know, maybe it's in retrospect, but he definitely does strike me as a little creepy. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, all right. Let's let's talk some DC news, shall we? Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna pop into this picture here, which you guys should also check out in the show notes. The show notes for this program you might find at whatever.co/slash104. Whatever.co/slash104. Uh, there you can find the first picture of Brenton Thwaites as Dick Grayson, uh, otherwise known as Robin. Yeah. Are we getting Nightwing here? Are we just? Is this a? Is this a tease? We're gonna we're gonna start in the Robin costume and move to. We're definitely getting Nightwing. Robin for Titans. Uh, I can only imagine that at this point in time that we're getting Robin because I think they're holding their Nightwing nut for the movie. You could be correct. I assume. Yeah. I, I definitely, the rumors when we were talking about it was definitely about Nightwing, but I yeah. gotta say, I, I like this. In this costume, man, this costume looks so good. I only hope I can find a costume that cool when it's time for your brother-in-law's wedding. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm also gonna have to lose like 70 pounds, and like four feet in height because you got to look d- diminutive, diminutive to, uh, compared to me. Yeah, it's probably not gonna happen. No, I don't think so. 
<laughs> you got like an inch on me, and that's probably all you're ever gonna get. It's it's gonna look exactly like what it is, which is a grown man in a Robin costume. <laughs> yeah, with a full beard. Awesome. Uh, yeah. If we stay in character too, it'll get even funnier. At some point, we need to figure out how do you co-officiate a wedding too, because we should do it like rap style. All right. So anyway, uh, Brenton Thwaites in the Robin costume. I got to say, the, the the costume looks really rad, and this actually has me like not excited for, it, but I could totally see a Robin in film. Like, uh, and I actually, honestly, I think it would work pretty well with Affleck. Like, I think if Affleck had a had a, had a Batman movie with Robin in it, uh, it it could possibly be not garbage. Like, yeah. Um, and and that's. I don't it's taken me a though. long time to come to that conclusion, too, because after Batman and Robin, I was just like, oh, nope, fuck, that character's dead on screen. Just do not ever show me a movie with a Robin again, because just it does not work. Don't do it. I don't know. I, if, if it was Affleck, uh, I would almost want to see either a Damien or a Tim Drake Robin, though, not a Dick Grayson. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and especially given the little teaser that we got in uh, BVS, I, I think it kind of has to be something like that. You know, more likely Jason Todd, um, but we'll see. Well, Todd would have been the one that was killed by the Joker anyway, so... Yeah, but I mean, if, I mean, if the, I'm, I'm presuming a Batman movie they do would be in the past, not, oh, not necessarily that's, that's direct that's continuation. You know, you know, if you wanted to go dark and gritty with the DC movies, like Zack Snyder apparently originally did, Yeah, you know what would have been great? What's that? Uh, Red Hood. Yeah. Like, I, Jason Todd coming back. Like, you don't even have to tell the story. Like, just be like, oh, yeah, I, I was Robin, and the Joker fucking killed me, and then Lazarus Pit, and here I am, and I'm fucking bloodthirsty, bitch. All right, so that's as good of a segue as any we're going to get. Let's talk a little bit about Justice League first, and... Um, oh, we do have an article about that in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course we do. So... I don't want to leave that thought, though, because now that you got me thinking about it, uh, I, I can't stop. So that's the thing, though. Um, I want them, like, if they set up J- Jason Todd, it, it could be a huge payoff to have him show up on screen. So, like, if they if they did a Batman movie, they showed Jason Todd, Jason Todd dies, and then we get some lurking Red Hood in, you know, whatever the next movie, the next Justice League movie, next, you know, whatever the next DC movie is, even. If, for example, they did Batgirl, and there's a nod towards the Red Hood or something like that. And then in the next Batman movie, we got a Jason Todd. The payoff for that could be huge. Yeah. Huge, like, um, in, in a way that DC just does not have the mind for at this point. Like, uh, WB cannot pull this shit off. And that's kind of the thing. When I'm watching uh, the Infinity War trailer, which we're going to talk about in a minute, one of the hugest things that I get out of that and one of the biggest reasons why it's just, like, awe-inspiring to me is it's nothing but payoff. Like, that whole trailer is just payoff from a world they've been setting up for the last 10 years uh and DC hasn't done any of that so that that's completely missing so as much as you're right they probably could just have Jason show up and have you know they they don't even necessarily need to do a flashback they could just be, do some expository dialogue and it'd probably work god i don't want them to do stuff like that they, no dc just cannot do it well enough i don't necessarily want them to do stuff like that but at the same time like you i know, mean i'm what, not what saying have, i need to see another batman origin movie what like, have they done for me lately yeah I, I, i'm not saying they need to do another batman origin movie or, or something like that but i don't think red hood is as popular a character uh, um outside of you know the comic circles uh so yeah, I want them to set that shit up because like look at what Marvel's done. They've taken they've taken these you know very B list characters in a lot of cases, C and D list in some cases, man. Yeah, like, and made them like some of our favorite things on Guardians. Screen. Guardians were a D list property. There wasn't a fucking person reading comic books, you know, three years ago or four years ago, or whenever the first Guardians came out, that was like, oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of that comic book. 
Oh, no. I mean, there was like five of them because you can always find five nerds who like anything. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't. So like, that's the other thing too. Like, it's a very big different thing. Like, um, <clears throat> they can take a D-list property like Guardians and turn it into like the next biggest thing. And meanwhile, we've got three of the biggest characters in all of history that they can't nail. Well, outside of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, so like when you can't get people excited about Batman and Superman, Jesus Christ, what have you done? Yeah. And not to mention like not only, so here's the thing. Marvel has taken that property guardians just and, and made it like a huge blockbuster thing, which has done more than one thing. Like it's been great, uh, for the Marvel cinematic universe because people, are dying to see more guardians on, on the big screen, um, which we'll talk about when we get to that, that trailer, that yeah. trailer. Um, but it also like, look at Chris Pratt's career since then. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, dude is honestly like people look at Chris Pratt and they're like, that's a good dude. That's a good actor. Like let's cast him in fucking everything. Um, unfortunately he's getting divorced and that's kind of a, a bummer considering Anna Ferris uh, and him were one of the, the greatest couples in Hollywood ever. But they're also doing the, doing the thing where they're just like, yeah, here's the thing. We still love each other. It just isn't the right thing for us. And like, this isn't about what he did or what she did or blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Um, and at the same time I was going to be like, well, the good news guys is that Anna Ferris is single. Uh, she's not, I guess she's been dating some other dude for about a month now. Ooh, juicy. So, yeah, so I'm that, less concerned about that and more concerned that, about another, the fact that she's just not available anymore. That's just another like uh, dichotomy between the two companies. Like um, when you look at who they cast in each of the roles, um, there are a couple. Like I would argue that Benedict Cumberbatch was kind of a big get for them um, yeah, in sure. terms of who they normally cast. But outside of that, everybody is really rather. Uh, small that they've gotten even uh downey jr not even uh not even arguable resurrected the, his career the most famous of them um but at the time like most studios wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole uh i would argue evans is probably up there evans was not i think before uh, captain america maybe not up there i up mean there, but i think people no no i, I, right. I really don't because right. the only thing i can think of that evans was in before that is not another teen movie and that one offshoot dc property that we <laughs> talked about very briefly but never really I fantastic four actually he was he was oh johnny storm. that's true he was johnny storm but um, i mean that didn't but that was fucking fantastic four movie from it, fox so like yeah. that that didn't that didn't really he wasn't rolling in the pussy after that movie that's nobody for sure. was like oh fantastic four biggest uh, movie ever get that guy get him uh uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so, there yeah, was definitely uh, some stuff in there. But, oh, Hemsworth. Push. You ever watch Push? I have watched Push. I like that. Uh, it's one of the coolest movies I've seen in a long time. It was a pretty not bad X-Men movie. Yeah. Chris Evans and uh, Dakota Fanning actually was super yeah. good in that movie. It, it, not really an X-Men movie, but I thought if it, no, no, if it were set in the X-Universe, it would be I like, got what you were more saying. perfect. I got what you were saying. Yeah. Um, they went a totally different uh, weird-ass Japanese movie route with it, but... Yeah, it I, I still liked it. It was a pretty good film. Yeah, but um, you know, look at the other guys. Hemsworth. Um, Hemsworth is was a practical unknown at, at the time he was cast as Thor. Um, and then over again over on the DC side, you've got fucking Ben Affleck. Uh, you've got Diane Keaton. You know, even in the minor roles, Diane Keaton, Kevin Costner, Amy Adams had a had a, a pretty decent career by she that point. She had definitely been around uh, for quite a bit and, and was doing successful movies uh, by that point. Um, you know, Cavill, fighter with Marky Wahlberg and and uh, fucking. Uh, 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 oh, I know who you're talking about. Bale? Was it yeah, Bale? Yeah, Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, oh, good for you. 
Um, I can't even hear when we clip. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, yeah, I definitely clipped that time. So, you know, Cavill, I hadn't heard of Cavill before that, but he was actually fairly successful in the Tudors on Showtime, I guess. Cavill was a relatively unknown in the Hollywood yeah. uh, realm. But, it I was mean, crazy. Did you ever go look at some screenshots of, of Cavill in Tudors? No. He was scrawny as fuck, man. Like, it doesn't surprise me. He bulked the, he bulked the fuck up. For Hemsworth the, for wasn't that big either. No. He's uh, still, like, um, don't get me wrong, Hemsworth is super cut, but if you go back and look at Hemsworth in Thor versus Hem- Hemsworth, in, Hemsworth in Ragnarok, uh, I, I'm, I, maybe there's an absence of steroids or he just isn't as, you know, big as he was, but uh, he's still super cut, but it, it's just not nearly the size There's a had. lot of CGI in that. Actually, um, when that movie came out, he was doing his press tour and stuff like that. He was on one of those late night shows and he was talking about, like, the muscles they put on him and then it, they were showing a clip and he was like, see, that... That's me. And then it showed his, his chest. And he's like, that chest, not mine. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, anyway, let's talk about Justice League because I guess that's what we were supposed to be doing. Yeah. With kind Kevin of. Smith. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Smith. Kevin Smith gives his thoughts on Justice League. And uh, I'm going to read this first quote from him. Have at it. Uh, he says, I think it's ridiculous uh, not to like show the movie, sell the version of the movie that people are familiar with theatrically, wait six months, and then fucking hit him with the Snyder version because it's not like what's the worst that can happen like you fuck up and Warner Brothers is like yeah I guess and it's in their <laughs> review they're working on something else and I, it's just another stream of revenue for them and I think it'd be batshit crazy pun intended for them not to put Zack Snyder's version put out Snyder's version yeah so I'm going to say Kev's probably definitely a little bit high when he <laughs> was giving this interview Kev's usually a little bit high so yeah it, it sounds like it at least but there's a there's a good idea in there which is you know basically I think we're all going to want to see the Snyder cut like as much as I don't think it's going to be great I, I do want to see the Snyder cut just because we, we know from seeing the movie and what little information we do have we know that it's fairly significantly changed from whatever Snyder's original vision for the movie was so I'm curious about what that would be uh, like sure. I do want to see what it, what that looks like like the Donner cut of Superman too yeah. Even though we'll never get into, uh, but that's the thing is that it's a Donner cut and name only because some of that footage is gone and you're not going to find any, any, any traces. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's always going to be that, 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 that said though, I like the Donner cut, like the Donner cut's really good. So it's less cheesy and that's, I think the ultimate goal there. But, um, the thing is with this, this is hilarious to me. Um, and I respect Kev's opinion because he's a, he's, he's a comic book nerd as well, but. Yeah, I was going to mention this too. Um, Kev actually was uh, in talks to write a Superman script with WB for quite a while. <laughs> and it's the funniest shit ever, actually. He there's actually a, wrote a script. He uh, did. And there's a talk I think he gives. It's like a 30-minute video on YouTube. Um, and listening to Kevin Smith talk for 30 minutes is actually not that hard. And this particular one was super, super interesting. If you um, actually grab the first Evening with Kevin Smith DVD or whatever, I'm he tells go, the full story on that, too. While you're, while you're talking, I'm going to go see if I can find it because it's really good. Um, but, uh, yeah here's here's my thing about this this is the funny thing bds came out universally panned yeah everybody was like get Zack snyder the fuck out of there he was kind of the fall guy so we did get him the fuck out of there albeit for very very fucking tragic reasons and shit like that's that's not i guess paramount to, to what's going on but we got a version of the movie that was markedly different than what we would have gotten if it was just Snyder. And now everybody's like, well, show us the Snyder cut. Yeah. Like it was, it, this is very much a case of the grass was greener. And now it's like, well, well, let's, let's be honest here. I think we're all a little bit like not as happy with the uh, justice league movie as we could have been. 
um, <clears throat> and wishing that we would get the you know actual proper uh, uh, the movie the movie that we're all dreaming of. So we're just hoping that like maybe you know maybe maybe we got lucky. Maybe the Snap Snyder got right. And Josh was the one that fucked it up. But yeah, no, I don't think we're gonna like that's the thing now. Um, they as much as I hate to say it, I come I kind of almost think they just need to reboot and start over. Except for it'd have to be a soft reboot because you got to keep Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. I'm not even going to go so far as to say they really need to reboot the universe. It's just like they need to reboot their whole thought process about it and kind of like they need to. It's too bad Justice League wasn't as good uh, because if they had started with Wonder Woman and then the next movie was markedly different uh, they and they built off of that. And if they were just like, oh, yeah, those are the first two movies. We don't really talk about them. It's in much the same way Marvel has the Incredible Hulk. Uh, well, it's because they can't because it's owned by Paramount still. Yeah, but I'm just or saying, Universal. Like, sorry, Universal, not Paramount. They have it. But they, that, that's just kind of like the bastard stepchild of the Marvel universe. And they could have done the same thing with DC, honestly. It would have been awkward as fuck because they did it with their first two movies. Uh, but they could do that. They could have, you know, used Wonder Woman as like a jumping off point for a reboot. And I don't think they really did that. And maybe it's because Justice League was just too far along the path to really have it properly, you know, uh, uh shape the coming universe. Obviously, they did make some significant changes, but you know, what, what are you going to do at this point? This is this is the real irony to me is the movie that's now on the chopping block potentially because of the um, box office quote unquote failure of Justice League is the Flashpoint movie, which I think is weird because of two reasons. Number one, uh, people seem to really, really dig the Flash in Justice League. He seems to be one of the characters that a lot of people have really latched on to from that movie. Yeah. Um, and I myself was apprehensive about it going in because Ezra Miller is definitely not Grant Gustin. And, and if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that Eddie and I are huge fucking marks for the CW Flash um, and Grant Gustin. But I was genuinely actually pretty impressed by Ezra Miller's uh, take on it. And it's not the flash I'm used to, but it's definitely not a bad version of the character. No, um, for sure. And number two reason why it's stupid to shit can that is because a flashpoint movie is the one movie that you literally can use to rewrite your universe any way you see fit. Yeah. So I, I honestly think that um, it's a built in fucking mulligan. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, if that's what we were doing, like if, if I were in charge of the DC universe today, that's the first thing I would do is I would, the next movie would be Flashpoint, just full stop. The next movie would be Flashpoint and I would use it to mulligan a lot of the shit about the universe. And guys, we're available. Uh, we, we are. Um, we work for beer. It's not, it's not a, you know, difficult contract. Uh, we only sexually harass each other. So, and, and we're okay with it. We'll sign a contract. It's fine. Yeah. No big. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we'll do it. But anyway, yeah, if it were me running the universe right now, I would soft reboot, like you're saying. I would use Flashpoint to soft reboot, and I would basically use that to whitewash away some of the more egregious parts of the the stupid parts of the characters. Essentially, um, you can't exactly retcon entire movies out. Although X Men kind of has already. Uh, tread this ground like with uh, days of futures past they they essentially did the same thing and they did it X-Men successfully three doesn't exist anymore no uh they and I'm did fine it, with it they did it successfully and i think you can do the same thing here there's not there is enough good in this universe that i think that given the right uh talent and dedication they could make something really really good out of it and that'd be the second thing i would say as i would get a true comic book nerd in there to actually meaningfully write this thing uh and so you know maybe that's jeff johns maybe it's not um but i would just i would be that's- looking at that's somebody who can write a good goddamn so story because that's what's so broken right They've now is got the story writing is terrible. On fucking staff. They've got him. He's an executive. Put that motherfucker to work. 
Yeah. And, and I don't He'll know. He'll do it. How, do, do we, I think we talked about this, but how much involvement did Johns have with Justice League? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. So that's the thing. Like they, they really do need a meaningful, you know, soft reboot or something that they need to approach this problem a different way than they have so far. And we saw some of that. Like we saw essentially what I thought was, um, DC doing a Marvel movie, uh, and not really getting why it's good. Um, cause they were like, oh, they want fucking jokes, right? Put some fucking jokes in there. They want our superheroes to fight big bad guys, but have them fight a bunch of parademons, you know, whatever. Uh, and don't get me wrong. We do kind of want some of that stuff, but they're missing the point. Like they're missing everything that makes it good. Like still, I think the biggest thing lacking is a story, like a cohesive story that you really want to get behind. Um, that that's sort of, I think the Achilles of this whole thing. Um, you know, the third act in BVS is kind of what kills the whole movie, I think for most people. And e- even if you enjoyed it, like, don't get me wrong, I could watch a three hour Batman versus Superman movie. And with BVS, even it, there's parts of it that I think are legitimately good that I wish they could have salvaged. And then of course, you know, we've got some really, really uh, egregiously heinous parts too. I think justice league, um, looking back on it, this is the only thing I was going to really talk about this week. Just a little bit of follow up from our justice league coverage, looking back on it, um, I don't like it as much as I did the first watch through. Uh, I didn't, I haven't gone a second time. Don't get me wrong. But just as I think about it more and more, the more I think it's, it's a missed opportunity and I'm disappointed in what we're getting right now. Here, here's my thought on a follow up to that movie. You put Jeff Johns in a room, uh, with, uh, Ethan Van Skiver, Skiver. I don't know how you say his name. He's an artist. And you say, Write me a comic book that tells the story. Yeah. And you've done two things. You've written your story and you've storyboarded it. Then all you got to do is have somebody come in and adapt it to a screenplay, not change the fucking story or edit it. Just translate well, it from a comic book to a script screenplay. There, there is, you know, there's always some like, um, Adapting a work is is not exactly as easy as it sounds. Like, don't get me wrong, I do think there's some uh, good things about that. Because, like for example, I really liked Watchmen, and in my opinion, the reason I I, th- I think one of the things I really liked about Watchmen is I I just read the book not too long before I saw the movie, and it really was to me it was like, oh, I'm seeing this comic on screen. This is almost like shot for shot. Uh, uh, Minus for- the pussy monster. Yeah shot for shot against the book, you know, and I, and I liked that. I thought it worked reasonably well. Um, there were parts of it that again, kind of fell down in the movie, but generally speaking, I don't think that's a bad strategy. Like, and that's maybe the thing I think DC struggling with a little bit right now is that they can't figure out what story they want to tell. And that it really shines through. I, th- I think it's very clear to me that DC, the story DC wants to tell is that DC wants money and you should give it to them. Uh, and WB, like uh, WB wants to make money. They look over and they see Marvel making all this money and they're like, we should get that money too. We've got superheroes, make us that money. Uh, but they don't actually get how to like, uh, make these characters come to life in the way that Marvel does. This is very much the WWF versus WCW circa 2000. Yeah. Like, like you've got the WWF and they've got all this talent and they know how to put this together in a way that is putting asses in seats every fucking night. Yeah. And then you've got WCW who are like, well, I guess we'll just do this. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, doing they're doing that. Just do that. Um, let's so, let's have Booker T go out and say all the things the Rock says. Only say the book instead of the Rock. Let's do that. Yeah. So like, let's give David Arquette the WCW title. 
So I don't know. That's the thing. Like the more I was thinking about uh, Justice League, and especially after I watched the Infinity War trailer, the thought that I keep coming back to is like, man, Marvel has earned this. Like this feeling that I'm having right now watching this thing is like I'm I'm watching the culmination of ten years worth of stuff, and I'm so excited for what that's going to be. And then I look at Justice League, and it's like they're trying to have that, but without doing any of the actual work for it, and Dude, that's not going to work. It's crazy because you can go through and you can watch the you watch Phase One of the Marvel movies and whether you are a huge fan of Thor or not, or whether you're a huge fan of fucking, um, uh, Iron Man two, you know, cause those are the two movies that are probably weakest out of the weakest bunch, out yeah. of them. I even, I really liked incredible Hulk. I, I, the Edward Norton, Hulk, I, 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 I did like incredible Hulk too. And I, I wish that that wasn't so much the bastard stepchild other thing. Um, um but, but because it's good, but, but yeah. it's, it's funny because when you go through and you watch them, um, they all tell a specific story. They get us to a certain point. And then when you watch Avengers and you see the reveal at the end with Thanos and you're just like, oh. They and then you realize that there was there was things woven into that tapestry that you didn't even realize were there until you got that payoff moment. And then you're like, oh, this is going to end here. And then we've got phase two, which gets us a little bit closer. And then you've got phase three, which is finally getting us that ultimate payoff that we've been looking for for a long time. DC doesn't have that. Yeah, that's the thing. I think they've been setting up stuff for movies now. They even started doing that with Batman versus Superman, but they did it in an entirely ham-fisted way. Well, and they did they did the set up a, exact uh, uh, wrong thing. Dark they, side. And they said, this is what we don't want to do. We don't want to do what Marvel did. And I'm like, but what Marvel did worked, you fucking idiot. See, and, like, I, and again, I don't think that there's any... Uh, like. It's hard because on the one hand, you look at Marvel and you say, look at how successful they are. Look at how well this is actually working. We should, we, you know, we can't just copy that though. We got to be our own, we got to do our well, own thing. And I don't think that that's wrong, but the thing that's wrong is you're doing it. You're doing your own thing. Your own thing just sucks. Well, that's the thing. Okay. I'm going to turn this into a sports analogy for a minute. Um, he lost me. Oregon no, Ducks. Kidding. Oregon Ducks had Chip Kelly as their head coach for a lot of years and a lot of successful years. He leaves. They bring in Mark Helfrich as their head coach, who was Chip Kelly's offensive coordinator, gets compared to Chip Kelly day in uh, and day out. Season starts. He says, oh, yeah, I'm going to do these things like Chip did, but then I'm going to change these things because I'm going to do things my way. And then his way doesn't work. Mm. He could have done things Chip's way. He could have done all of those same things and probably had a very successful team, but he didn't. And it doesn't really matter. You can be compared to one person or not. It doesn't matter if if what they're doing works and gets you to a national championship or gets you to the biggest box office draw in the history of fucking movies, then it works. Follow the fucking formula. It's not like Marvel has a patent on how to set up a, a extended universe. Yeah, and it's not even that. Like, there's different ways you could set up the extended universe that I think are perfectly valid. It's just that Marvel, Marvel keeps, you know, like the 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 worst thing I can say about Marvel movies is that uh, some of them are very mediocre and they feel like Marvel movies. But the thing that I like about the Marvel movies is that they're all cohesive. They all tell a fairly good fairly tight story there's very few movies where i was like what the fuck was that scene in there for like that yeah. didn't make any sense. they rambled on pacing was all fucked up there like most of the marvel movies i think are, are paced very well pretty tight in general uh even the ones i don't like as much um just work in a way that dc just doesn't not does not get uh, dc is just missing the biggest part of the movie making process which is tell a good story so anyway i think that's a good place to leave it let's let's uh let's grab a beer and let's talk the Arrowverse crossover because there's definitely parts of this is going to make I'm, me want to drink. We're going to talk a little bit about 
Arrow specifically before we head into the crossover because I don't actually want our crossover discussion to be nothing but an Arrow bash. So we're going to get that out of the way first. Oh, okay, Neil. Newton. Yeah, we're, well, it's going to be, I think, together. All right, so we're back. Let's talk. Um, so let's talk some arrow. Let's get our let's get our bitching out of the way because I think Matt's catch is you've caught up I'm this caught week up is now. the thing. I'm caught up on arrow. Yeah, yeah. that's I, why we want to bitch today. Catching up actually, uh, nice. a little bit last night, but mostly today. Um, I gotta tell you, a lot of the disappointing things with arrow this this season, um, yeah. and Elicity is is part of it, but it's not the whole thing. Like, there's just some really awkward writing, um, like stuff that just gets thrown in there just to be there. Sometimes it doesn't need to be there. Um, and I got to tell you, the episode that I was mostly disappointed with uh, that I watched today was, in fact, um, The Return of Slade Wilson. I didn't like that episode either. I I fucking love Manu Bennett as Deathstroke, so I was super disappointed. Um, not the least of which was I'm, I'm looking at his costume, and I'm just like, CW, your budget has got to be a little better than that. Because he's legitimately wearing catcher's gear as armor. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like his costume either. Because, but but the other thing too that I don't like is, um, like when I picture he just looks too bulky to be Slade. Like He's huge right now. Like after after having seen uh fucking um Joe Manganiello, yeah, as Slade Wilson. But but I picture Slade as just being like strong, but a little bit more lithe. Like uh, and, and so his costume, and it's not it's not that like Manny has gotten fat or anything like that. It's just that his costume is so huge. There's, there's no way he's an effective assassin carrying all that gear. No, they're like oh, we need to move light, so I need thirty five fucking grenades strapped to my chest because I'm a silent assassin. They're, they're they're grenades that are specific to one style of grenade launcher that he doesn't carry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like Mall Ninja level of like costuming. That's that's just so. Here's here's the thing. Like Arrow accentuates storylines that don't matter as much and drag them out for a long time. Like number one, his indictment by the feds as you know for all these crimes that he supposedly committed as as uh, Green Arrow, even though there's no definitive proof that he is Green Arrow uh, at this point. So he's been arrested. Um, now he's out on bail. This is this is something that could take one or two episodes and be done and and move on with the initial uh, arc of the season. And then they take something like John Diggle, who Ollie has asked to stand in as, as Green Arrow so he can spend more time with his kid and, and not uh, not fuck his kid's life up anymore. And Diggle, who is suffering nerve damage, agrees to do it because he doesn't want to let Ollie down mm-hmm. um, and then starts taking these illegal steroids uh, from this illegal drug manufacturer, like this is resolved in two episodes, whereas that could actually be an interesting arc that you could you could do more of. It they're just making all the wrong decisions over there. It's the fucking weirdest thing I've ever seen. Felicity Smoke as a, as a whole, I like her as a character in other shows. When it comes to the show that she's actually from, I have a really hard time with her because it seems like they don't know how to write her. Um, they especially don't know how to write her techno speak because when she ever, whenever she talks anything technology, I'm like, just stop talking because you're not, oh, God. you're not using the no. right words. Okay, so uh, I'm just gonna tell you, I don't, I do not know what happened to the writing staff at Arrow, and don't get me wrong, it, it, the writing staff at Arrow has never been like the cream of the crop for like they're developing the best storylines that's ever been on TV or anything like that. But this last season has been just so god awfully cringy. Like it's like every episode now that they they're doing the whole like. 
uh, we need to rejigger the phalange. And then fucking whoever's like, in English, please? You know, like, in half the time, that's Oliver. Like, they pretend that Oliver's, like, this complete fucking moron all the time now. Um, but every every time I hear that, like, could somebody give that to me in English? Sort of, like, cliche thing that anybody does anytime anybody says anything mildly technical. Especially because it's usually something that's really, really simply ridiculous uh, uh, to like, understand. You can't jump rope Java through Linux and, and have it come out being Windows. Yeah. And that's just... They, that's just dialogue that's acceptable. See, and that doesn't even make sense because uh, for if you were going to write that for Arrow, you wouldn't have used two operating systems because that sounds actually like it might be related in some way in the real world. You'd have just picked random techno babble. You'd have been like, uh, uh, you, you know, substitute one of those for like uh, Clippy from Office ninety eight or something yeah. like that, and you you'd have been fine. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't like the 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 writing is just incredibly lazy in that like. Anybody at this in 2017 who's still writing lines like in English, please, could somebody give that to me in a human talk? You know, like any version of that cliche is just god awfully horribly lazy. It doesn't need to happen every episode. No, it, it, it doesn't. No, it should happen precisely zero episodes. That is a trope is so fucking ridiculous at this point that it just never do it again. Just never, ever do it again. Because let me tell you something. There's a lot of times I know a lot of nerdy shit that I know my wife and family does not care about. And I don't ever give them the full technical like when I'm like, oh, I'm really excited about this Termula emulator I found because there's hard to come by on Windows. And here's what a Termula. No, I just say like I like the I like the, the command line program that I just found. It's neat. You know, like. Uh, here, I'm, I'm going to read you a, a text message conversation that I had with my mom. Okay, cool. This this is exciting. I don't think we've done this before on the whatever yeah. show. Okay, so I said, I finally got around to looking at that laptop you wanted me to wipe. The hard drive is shot. The laptop can't even boot from it. She says, I'll let so-and-so know. And she says it was working when she got when she got a new one. My reply was, I'm getting a discrete error. I don't have a replacement either. As it's an IDE style hard drive, all I have is SATA drives. And she goes, "You, you just as well be speaking Chinese. What does that mean to us?" My response: Computer no worky. <laughs> that well, that sums it up right there. That's that's all it was. Yeah, that's all it was. It was a Windows XP laptop that they wanted me to wipe and reinstall the OS on. Wow. And I was like, I can reinstall an OS, but you know what? It's never going to get any updates. So that's the thing. Like, uh, I just, I probably just wouldn't. I'd be like, not, you know, like I'll, I'll put a, you know, something else on there. Like, if you I wouldn't want though. Linux. I wouldn't like, because like, it's a single core fucking processor with dick for RAM. I think it's like 512 megs of RAM. See, you're doing it for family, but like, anytime I've ever gotten proposition for something like this, I'd be like, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll only charge a little bit for it, but the thing is, like, you could buy a new, better laptop for cheaper. Like, I'm gonna do what my uncle does now. He's, he does body body repair work and, and custom paint and stuff like that for, for vehicles. And now when people bring me a laptop that old and they're like, how much would it cost to fix this? I'm going to say $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> and it, hey, if they want to pay it, then fuck yeah. $5,000. That's yeah. how much that costs. Uh, I say you go for it. Um, anyway. So, so anyway, just, I don't know. Let's I want to rant a little bit more about the writing on Arrow because that's not the only place it falls down. The other place that it falls down is like through our text conversation we we're having today. And this is something that is a good illustrator of this point, but is entirely common phenomena on um, Arrow. So in that, that, that is, uh, so one of the big plot points this season is that Oliver has to have a relationship with his son, uh, William. William. Yes. Yes. Who's, uh, who's nine, but sounds like he's 16. 
Yeah, because his he's actually probably 16 and he's trying to play down to nine and it just doesn't work out. So anyway, um, it, it, yeah, that's the other thing. Like every kid, every line that kid has makes me think that he's on the spectrum because they just don't get that they've either miscast or miswrote that character. So um, we were talking about this over text today and the whole setup for this is basically like we're in this period where Oliver is not being the green arrow anymore. He's passed the mantle off to Diggle. And the whole reason he's done this is because he needs to protect his son and, you know, have a real life with his son. So what does he do immediately thereafter? He goes on a fucking assassin hunt with Slade and, and he's not the arrow cause he's not wearing the hood. He's just shooting at people and getting shot at by people. And he's just wearing a regular old fucking just cruising around in, his, in his fucking Hal Jordan bomber jacket. Yep. Um, so then, of course, that that I guess is fine. And then, like the next episode, he's like, "Oh well, this is so important. I've got to be the arrow again for five minutes and do nothing." Uh, and yeah. and you know, so like the whole setup is just kind of lazy because, like, number one, we know he's not gonna be. we're not we're not getting this permanently and it's even more lame when you don't try to sell it at all like it's it's an it's oh that's what it is it's an it's a fucking no sell like it's a it's a no sell of the highest order because they immediately uh have him go do arrow shit okay Um, so here's the deal though like so then diggle is in a situation where he's like wow man i really want those drugs that are on the other side of the room that are in this conveniently labeled box yeah but they're on fire so now i can't have them and that's the catalyst for him to come clean to the rest of the team. It's like, oh, by the way, um, I'm injured. I have nerve damage. I've been taking illegal drugs. Uh, I put your lives in danger. I'm sorry. Okay. My bad. Okay, so they have a somewhat meaningful dialogue with him and the rest of the team, minus Felicity, who's hanging out with, with uh, you know, Ollie at that point in time. Luna did not like this episode either. No, she's upset. You can hear her groaning in the background. Um, and then he has this conversation with Oliver that was the most contrived contrary conversation ever yeah because ollie has has supposedly overcome all of these weird feelings and blame and all that kind of stuff so he would actually be probably the most sympathetic person on the team but no he has to have some kind of conflict that is resolved again 10 minutes later yeah not even maybe 10 minutes later i don't know it's it's fucking just so juvenile and fucking I don't even know. I don't. How do you write TV that bad and have a job still? It is. It and it. The, the, that's the other thing too. Like last season was actually mostly good. Um, there it was, was. Still some. There were still some big holes. The first in couple that. episodes of the season were really good. The, the premiere was awesome. So I don't really know what they're doing this season because this season's like so fucked. It, it just. No, we finally got Thea back. Yeah. Um. I don't know. They just the writing the writing the writing is really what's killing the show for me right now and the direction they're going and I don't know if that's a Guggenheim direction. It's, it's I think Elicity is writing. probably a, 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 a Guggenheim thing but It's it's fucking it's the production entirely. Remember like the Slade Wilson episode when they go out the window? Oh yeah. yeah. All his feet are clearly under the windowsill when he goes out that window. Like he's going to do nothing but trip over that windowsill and then fall to his death. And that's the cut they kept. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Um Yes, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing because, like, I think that even, you know, given that they're probably budget constrained and shit like that, I think they could make a better show because the thing is, writing is not budget constrained. Uh, And the things you can do these days with almost no budget in terms of effect uh, are are just amazing. The Arrowverse and Riverdale are the only fucking shows making that network any goddamn money. Mm. That's what's sad about the whole thing where, oh, it's budgetary issues. Well, 
fuck, they're the only show that's making you any money. Yeah. And and even still, like I said, they they can do things with, within the budget that I think are not don't have to be terrible. Use some um, of that sweet Riverdale juice and fucking upgrade your special effects. You know what though? I mean, go back and really rewatch Punisher, Daredevil, any of the Netflix stuff. They they those shows clearly don't have much of a budget either. No. They're just really well done, especially season one of Daredevil. It was experimental. But I mean, go look at Punisher again. Go watch Punisher. One of the things that struck me about Punisher is how very much. Uh, um, they they were essentially making a low budget show. Most of that show was shot in places that were dirt cheap to shoot in. Um, there was very little effect. There was very little CG. There was very little, you know, like practical effects. Even um, there was a few. Obviously, there was a few big ones in there that that probably was where most of the show's budget went to. But I mean, like Arrow's not that dissimilar a show. That's the type of thing they could be doing. Like I would much rather have them have you know like minuscule to no fights. Um, on a regular episode and then every you know third one they do a really well well choreographed stunt scene like uh stop having these like shitty fights that nobody cares about uh, every single episode because you think that's got to be in the show they've at least stopped having team arrow get beat up by a bunch of like you know uh armored car robbing rogue cops you know what i mean yeah yeah. At least that doesn't happen anymore. I guess that's one benefit. But see, that's the other thing. Um, okay, let's move into the crossover because that that's actually a good place to start because it's a thought that I had that I don't want to let go of. Um, so I was watching the crossover, and especially there's a scene where um, they're fighting the baddies, and uh, I think it's in like a steel building structure sort of thing, like being currently being built, and they CG'd Ollie in. And don't get me wrong, that CG was kind of horrible, but. Yeah, I was just was. watching that. And I was like, "How are you going to have him do that in the next episode of Arrow? He's going to look dumb as shit." Like that, that. That's like one of the problems I think they have doing with this. It's the same kind of thing they have a problem with doing Justice League wise. Is that you know you have underpowered characters compared to the rest. Uh, and this is actually another problem that I had with Justice League was, and, and I saw a meme that explained this entirely accurately, um, which is like, um. It showed, like, uh, on the top frame, it was the entire league, including Superman, and it showed the Justice League at 100% power, and then it, the next frame down was just Superman, and it showed the Justice League at 99.9% power, um, because that's how the movie portrayed it. Like, uh, everything was getting, they were completely getting their asses handled, and then Superman wakes up, beats the shit out of Stephen Wolf, and the movie credits. Uh, right. And the same problem they have here. So in the crossover of uh, the DC Universe, uh, they show Ollie and they have the scene where they're all fighting together and Ollie's just fucking wailing on dudes and he's flipping around the buildings like it's no big deal. And we've never seen him really do anything like that on screen before because he's somewhat been re- rooted in reality up until this point. Um, but, you know, here's again where we have an example of like, he's way more powerful than he has been before. Like this is the first time I think we've ever seen a CG Ollie. Um, maybe not, that may not be true, but I'm pretty sure this is definitely the, one of the first times that they've had a, fir- a, a CG action sequence where Oliver is all CG. I mean, that's happened on flat, the flash a few different times because some of the stuff they, 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 sh- they've shot is just limited by like, can't, it's not physically possible. A to human do. can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time I think that we've really had that happen with Oliver where it hasn't been a, a combination of practical effects and, you know, clever camera work and stuff like that. Um, so that that's my first thing is like uh, they did that again where it's like, 
in some episodes, uh, we have Oliver getting beat, beat up by street level thugs that doesn't make any sense. And now we've got stuff like this where he's holding his own with Supergirl, The Flash. I think they've mostly uh, stopped that in the last couple seasons with the street level well, thugs beating the, him up and whatnot. But I think like season five, they stopped it. Uh, um, really, that's where it kind of, you know, went away. But, um, that's, that's kind of one of the things I'm thinking about for the, you know, the next few episodes. It'll be interesting to see how that goes down because, if you're fighting on the level that you can hold your own against people with the powers of the Flash and Supergirl, none of these guys are really going to be a big deal for you. So let's 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 talk about the the crossover proper. So the idea here is that uh, we're getting ready, we're gearing up for the big wedding, Iris and and Barry, right? Yep. Um, everybody's RSVP'd at this point, or I guess at the at the onset of the crossover they hadn't, but they they did. They show up. Um, they're they're getting married by the fucking greatest American hero, bitches. That's who the pastor was. Nice. I knew he was recognizable, but I couldn't figure out who. Yeah, got him right here. Matt's going to the bookshelf to pull a thing, so I know what he's talking about. Um, this motherfucker right there. Oh, this is a show that apparently I'm completely unaware of. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I can't sing either, but. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um this is a Stephen J. Canal production. Also uh responsible for productions like Renegade starring Lorenzo Lamas, you know. Ooh, ooh, now you now you've piqued my interest. Uh this is from the eighties, I believe, early eighties, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, this makes sense because I was wondering like who that pastor must be somebody. Like I, I assumed he was like a producer on the show or something like that, because there was no way 81, they were gonna have nineteen eighty one. You know, like he—he's a very distinct-looking character, and I was like, "Well, what?" You know, uh, so that—that that actually explains. For it, a random extra, he had a lot of interesting input too. Yeah, that—that's so, that's exactly what I was getting, and I was like, "Well, man, you know, this is this is a part that should be played by a random extra, and that should be a unassuming like you immediately forget about him sort of extra." And of course, it's not. So, uh, yeah, that explains a lot. Uh, so the extra guy, weird, a little weird. Yeah, but that's because he's somebody, and it was an homage. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, he's vaporized. Yeah, uh, that was pretty funny by a Nazi Supergirl. Yep, and some we other don't know Nazis. she's Nazi Supergirl at this point, but that that's fine because yep. it's pretty obvious that she's a Nazi Supergirl with about four seconds. Dude, uh, I'll I'll get into the masks later, but anyway, um, yeah, why did they need those fucking masks? Because it it you can just put a double under them, and then you don't have to worry about actually doing special effect shots. Yeah, I mean, they just never that's, gave a that's, single that's practical reason. actually re- why. So. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I just, they never gave a single practical reason for why. No, there's no canonical why. reason to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and it even makes less sense because, like, these guys are supposed to be like, like, Ollie's the Fuhrer, uh, and he's supposed to be like, you know, this big bad that everybody knows. And so it's like, well, why do you wear a fucking mask? It's like, dude, we know it's you under there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, anyway. Um, they did some clever things with the Nazis, though. Like, I like the Supergirl with the SS chest and, and the fucking, um, the same thing with the reverse flash when he's got the, the SS instead of the lightning, the single lightning bolt. Yeah. Um, lots of cool things about, about this, this crossover. I like the idea of them fighting Nazis. That's, that's, that's fun. To me, it's, they haven't it, done it before. Last year's it's crossover. It's cheese of a maximum order, but I get it. It's well, fine. last year's crossover was the Dominators and that storyline was just kind of scrapped together at the last minute, it seemed like, because Supergirl, the show um, got almost no part of it other than the last two seconds of it, which they yeah. then replayed at the beginning of the flash. Um, and then the arrow 
episode of last year's crossover was completely fucking separate than the rest of it. It was part of the Dominator storyline, but it was it was the whole um, flashback. Not the flashback, no, like, but the, uh, the, like you're stuck in the Dominator's in dream mind sort of thing. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, so the only shows that seem cohesive in that crossover were The Flash and Legends because they're the two shows that actually have the most um, the most heart, I, I, I'm going to say. Um, maybe not because cross, uh, Supergirl has a lot of heart, too, but it just wasn't part of the crossover uh, proper. Um, uh, but they're also shot very, very in very similar ways with lots of bright colors, flashy stuff going on, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, anyway. So this year's crossover actually is a is a very like you legit can't tell which which show you're watching in a good portion of it. And I, that's one of the huge redeeming qualities of this one. Um, and they don't even actually say at the beginning of the episode, although there is more interaction with Arrow people in the Arrow one and with uh, Legends. You don't even see Ray Palmer come in until the Legends episode. Yeah. So I, I, I was noticing that, too. It's a little bit segmented, but but not in a way that is. For the Super most noticeable. part, honestly, it, it th- that was one of my favorite things about this crossover is that it was the first time it felt truly cohesive to me. Yeah. Um, in, in that all four shows really blended together pretty seamlessly. And it was like you were literally watching a Fortnite miniseries, which I thought was a great way to do it. Um, yeah. I but did, that's something you could even market on Blu-ray later on. I did think, yeah, I did think for the most part, most part, uh, they did a good job of meshing the teams together as well. Um, like they had some interesting dynamics. I, I thought it was Sarah hooking up with uh, what's her face was pretty I, funny. I'm gonna say I called that shit. Casey and I were sitting down to watch it, and I was like, "Alex is a lesbian. Sarah's a lesbian, and Sarah's always looking out. Like she's always <laughs> she on the prowl. Is. Sarah is super thirsty. And yeah. and then like ten minutes into the crossover, I'm like, called it. Mm-hmm. Like." <laughs> That was like like the least surprising thing that happened, uh, but but also kind of interesting. And you know, here's another thing I want to give it a little bit of props for: on screen guy kiss, like, dude. Uh, people may or may not know this, but um, Wentworth Wentworth Miller, um, super gay in real life. Like he's he's huge as far as um, I don't know if you ever followed his Facebook page. I think he he since um he deleted it, but uh. He has really been an advocate for like self care and and this that and the other thing. And in yeah. fact, if you followed his Facebook page, like he did a lot of like daily things of like self care looked like this today and blah blah blah. Um, and he was also super fucking altruistic when he actually decided he was going to end his Facebook presence. And he was like, "Here's the deal. Uh, if there's ever been anything on this page that you feel like you want to take for yourself and use it in real life, uh, I'm going to delete it in three weeks. So you got that amount of time to." glean whatever you want from this and then it's gone kind of a thing mm-hmm. um but i thought that was super cool like i'm um, you know uh it it was a story that made a lot of sense uh it was a different take on captain cold than we've seen in the past uh sort of oh it for sure but, was like I, I liked how it was both um very reminiscent of the captain cold we've seen on the screen but it was like it was like opposite Captain Cold. Like he's all super nice. Like like that was I, so. Uh, I I actually loved. I loved Snart's portrayal in this. And I, like and I loved how Leo. Yeah, yeah Leo. Um, and he was with where, uh, Ray, the Ray. Yeah. Um, and I loved how like he's super in love with this dude, and this dude's going back to Earth X to fight more Nazis, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stick around and see if I can help Mick through some stuff." Yeah. And that I thought that was super sweet. Like it was it was it was hilarious. Um. He has alluded to the fact that this might be the last time we see him on screen, but I think that last scene where he stays doesn't make much sense if he's not 
going to come back in some presence. Yeah, that was a big question mark for me, too, because I do believe we talked about this already, but I think Wentworth's contract is essentially up. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know how, like, what was the point of leaving a very open, like, and really the, there's only one logical way that goes, which is that he shows up on Legends for at least an episode or two. Yeah. Um, and so it, it would be very strange, I think, if they left that in there, um, because it would be, it's, it's a very quick scene. It would not take a lot of effort for them to throw that out. So I thought that would be kind of weird if that's truly what they're going to do. Um, so I, I, I kind of assume, like, don't get me wrong, um, there, there, this, I don't watch this series for the writing, um, and it's entirely possible they just never talk about this again, but it would be very, very weird if uh, they left that in there like that and um, don't have him show up. Because, you know, there is another big big cameo in here that you weren't probably expecting, or you might have been because everybody's been expecting it since, like, oh, who's Prometheus? Oh, it's Tommy. Who's that guy in the crossover? Oh, that it's Tommy. Actually, so that it actually was Tommy this time. I thought was yeah. a pretty, like... I did not see that coming and I was like man that's actually a really cool way to do it I I liked it for several reasons Uh, the biggest of which is like oh cool that's a nice little toss back to you know the show and they've got some heart although it did make me sad because then we're talking about season one on screen and they're like oh yeah that's back when uh, we killed characters and it meant something Um, yeah compared to now before Sarah died six times but the other thing that I, I nerded out a little bit was during the whole you know season five when we didn't know Prometheus's identity um the big fan theory the big fan theory was that it was going to be Tommy and uh uh or one of the big fan theories at least so I thought this was a little tongue-in-cheek way for the writers to be like oh yeah Prometheus is Tommy what now bitch yeah it was a nod I think it was definitely a nod for sure um this is another positive for me too um those of you who've listened to the show know that I'm somewhat of, I I champion Supergirl to some extent. Um, it's never been like, um, it's, it's cheesy. It can be, it can be ham fisted and and tongue in cheek and whatnot, but it's one of those shows like, especially cause my daughter, uh, Natalie, she watches it. She's a huge Supergirl fan. I personally am a fan of, uh, Melissa Benoist as an actor. Um, yeah. And this, this crossover really kind of showcases what she can do on screen because the, uh, Nazi Supergirl, definitely different than Supergirl. And she, she pulled that off really, really well. Um, in a series where she already kind of plays two different characters, cause there's a, there's a, there's a pretty distinct difference between Kara and Supergirl, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then you add this other dimension to it and that's something else entirely. And I was very, very impressed by her. I'm also a huge fan of her like real life persona as well. So that's, you know, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I, I thought it was interesting the way that they played the different characters. Um, um, Oliver Queen, still Oliver Queen, whether he's the Fuhrer <laughs> or whether he's all that, that was the funniest part. I thought was uh there there was no there was no difference there was a black suit they it, even they even kind of it. allude to that too they're just like well he's dark and broody no matter what yeah when when uh fucking reverse flash is like could we take the brooding down like say 10 percent yeah yeah <laughs> reverse flash who by the way um is the earth one reverse flash and is uh in back in wells form it, which they don't explain at all because at this point reverse flash should definitely be totally dead uh yeah i don't know it time travel though like yeah you never time know travel which affects everything yeah and also he just was like ah, i thought it'd be fun to put this face back on um yeah which is showbiz terms for well that actor wasn't available yeah or like we didn't feel like getting that actor because yeah. we're already fucking paying this guy yeah 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 well i mean we could get that actor but we've got kavanaugh so kavanaugh's yeah. only put four different car- incarnations of this character this season we need to up that a little bit 
Dude, Kavanaugh's been legit like six different personas this year. Yeah. It's, which is hilarious. It, it's really funny because like, I kind of have to assume that at the end of season one, they were like, I get, you know, like Kavanaugh was only going to be a season one recurring. And they're just uh, like, no, we got to keep him. Yeah. And they were like, oh no, we like this guy. Keep him on. Keep him on. I, I think next season we should get the McConaughey Kavanaugh for the whole season. Oh, I would. <laughs> as much as I think I would get sick of that really fast. Like it's like, uh, it's like eating all of your Halloween candy on, on the same night. Yeah. I, I think I still do kind of want it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. So anyway, Even the crossover. Even if it's down to the Chico stick at the bottom. Like, yeah. You're still like, okay, I'll take it. The crossover um, overall was, I think, pretty good. And I, I there were certainly uh, aspects of it that I really liked. And notably that it truly was a crossover. Like, this is the one, I, I, this is probably the first crossover of, 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 of its nature on TV. And I want them to do it. And I want them to do it even better next year. Um, that said, there were some, you know, parts that certainly marred the thing pretty notably. And Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to read another text message thread. Okay. This time between you and me from earlier today before I'd actually gotten into the crossover all the way. <laughs> yeah. So I send Eddie a text message today. Just started episode two of the crossover. He replies with, I don't want to color your opinion. Let me know what you think. I reply to him pretty immediately with initial impression is that it's pretty good. However, Elicity has a way of creeping into good things and making them less than they could be. And his reply was simply an ellipsis. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this is another thing where it's just like the writing is killing me. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I like Emily Bett. I like, I like, um, I think, I think Felicity could even be a good character. Although at this point, I do think they just need to kill her because they've done so much to fuck up the show with, with that character that I think she just needs to die. And I'll explain, I'll explain. Here's, here's the thing. Ollie could walk into a room right now and she could be getting tag teamed by Curtis, Renee, and Captain Lance. And two episodes later, he'd be begging her to come back exactly that's what i hated about this so like we have this scene in the um i don't remember if it's at the beginning of episode two or episode one even um but it's it's uh at the rehearsal for barry and iris's wedding and ollie's like uh blah 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 basically i want to marry you let's get married and she's like uh no uh no oliver and then the whole crowd is like, no, I don't want to marry you. So literally in front of everybody, all of cares about, uh, she's yelling about how she doesn't want to marry Oliver. And of course she gives zero explanation for why this is because the whole fucking thing doesn't make sense for a goddamn second. Uh, even when they finally do explain it, it does not make any sense whatsoever. Uh, and was clearly like, you know, the writer's running out of ideas. And then of course, like an episode or two later at the end of the crossover she's like actually let's get married right now in the middle of barry and iris's wedding because that's totally something you do here's here's the thing if you want to know how to play off a relationship that is but isn't a relationship at the same time watch the orville and watch the relationship between captain mercer and commander grayson because watch like any other relationship because honestly there's this is like the worst one that's ever been on tv this is this is nuts though because this is the Orville. This is a show that everybody just assumed was a parody of Star Trek. And it's more Star Trek than any other Star Trek series there is right now. Mm. And it's got a scenario that's exactly like this. Ex, ex-husband and wife now have to serve together as captain and commander, first officer on a starship. They very obviously still have feelings for one another. But it's not a will-they-won't-they every episode like it's just simply two people trying to figure out how to get along and do their jobs 
while they're on this thing and doing a pretty goddamn good job of it at the same time. Yeah. It's so, ridiculous how one thing can totally get it. And then there's another thing that's an established property that, that we're all familiar with that just fucking shits the bed every time they get the opportunity to do something right. So here's what I, I don't understand is what are they going to do with the next episode? Is the next episode, are they, is she going to be threatening divorce already? Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, like one of my buddies on Facebook, because I, I had mentioned, uh, you know, Casey tagged me in a thing saying that we were watching the, the Crisis on Earth X thing, you know, and mm-hmm. one of my buddies was like, uh, Bailey, actually, who's been on the show before, like, Bailey was just like, oh, it would have been fine without all the wedding crap. And I was like, well, here's the deal. The intended wedding was not crap. That was fine. Yeah, honestly, though, I... I, I would have been happy if they didn't do that on screen because that, that I didn't really like that either. Well, it would have been fine, though. I don't care. But, like, then the hijacking and all that stuff was just total BS. And then my other buddy uh, was just like, oh, I don't think it was BS as long as it puts to bed this whole will-they-won't-they they stuff. And I'm like, here's the deal. Like, it's it's the CW-verse. Like, death isn't even a, a, a real, you know, final, like, oh, well, this won't happen anymore because that person's dead. Nope. Can't do yeah. that. So you're telling me that Ollie can't afford a divorce lawyer or that Felicity can't afford. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe they're just done with that whole thing. And it's just going to be like, oh, yep, they're married. Get on with it. That'd be the best thing that could happen. Not holding out my hopes. Yeah, I just don't. I'm just I'm just over this whole thing. Like, and and I guess, you know. I think it's it's unfortunate because I think uh, Emily Bett and Felicity take the hate for what is really just bad writing. Like, I, I really think that it's just bad writing, and that's the biggest problem. And the inconsistency that they show, even within an episode or two of each other on this thing, is what really, really bothers me. Um and I just, I don't, just don't, just stop doing it. Just stop doing it. There are ways you can re- write a relationship in which that... Uh, you're not sure if it's going to work out. It's questionable. You can show heat without showing like, I don't know. Um, uh, I tweeted about this last week, but I was watching Godless on Netflix. I've seen it. I super recommend it. It's not really something that's normally up the show's alley, uh, like our podcast, because it's not really nerdy in any way. It's actually a Western. Um, I'm down with Westerns if they're well written. Oh, it's fucking good. I I really really like it. Although, and honestly, one of the one of the things that I like it is that it's almost soothing in the in a way because it is sort of like as much as the story I think overall is good and the the actual storytelling and how they 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 talk about it, the cine- cinematography in this is gorgeous. Like it is just like um, I've heard the same thing about uh, Murder on the Orient Express. By the way, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. Completely off topic. I'll have to check but... it out. But like th- this, every shot in this is just beautiful. Like there's a, a um, the thing that I I was thinking during the whole time is like every frame of painting, um, which is a thing I don't remember where I picked it up from. I know it's a YouTube channel now, but I'm sure that's they, they're paying homage to probably a saying. But anyway, th- that's what it feels like to me. Every frame of this, you could just stop and you could paint it out, and it's just. It's just absolutely fantastically gorgeous. So you um, tell me you're watching you get, a different show, but you haven't finished Stranger Things. No, I uh, gotta watch Stranger Things with the wife. That's the that's the limiting factor here. We we don't we don't spend a whole lot of time together right now, which is sad for lots of reasons, but not the least of which because we can't watch Stranger Things together. I just assumed that if you were watching a western, it was not your own, <laughs> not of your own volition. No, 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 no. Um, somebody, um. I'd seen it come up once or twice on Twitter and Reddit um, 
from people that I know like the same things as I do. Like there's this one guy I follow on Twitter that like if he if if he tweets that he's watching a thing, there's there's a very good likelihood I'm going to like that thing. And so when I saw it come up again, I was like, I should give it a shot. I'll watch an episode and see how it goes. It's only an eight episode miniseries. It's not a it's not a TV show as far as I know. Um, so, you know, I was like, well, it's only eight episodes. I'm going to watch one and see how it goes. And I watched the first one and I was just like, I fucking love the show. I, I really enjoy the show. That was so good. And then watch the next one. Anyway. Yeah. I binged that whole thing pretty quick and it's really, really good. But like that, the, the, where this came from, from the arrow thing is I was thinking about like how you show tension on screen and, and like how you make a relationship interesting. And that's a very good case study in that because they do that sort of, will they want they thing for, you know, several episodes, but it never feels contrived. Like most shows these days that try to pull that off feel like they're, they're like Ross and Racheling it, which uh, at this point is, you know, like Dude, even friends, very much a cliche. Even friends did a better job of that though, than, than what we're getting right now. Yeah. Um, but that's, and I, I'm sure friends isn't the first Per, uh, show to use that trope, um, but it's certainly sh- the show that gets lambasted for it Fucking because Smallville. they did it for ten like, years. Look at Smallville; like it, it was a will they, won't they between Clark and Lana for like six fucking years, seven years, something like that. And yeah, and that shit definitely got old. And it got like, old, and that's, that got old by season two or three. What, that's what I understand. Like it's the same fucking network. Like why can't you fucking understand that this thing that you did that very obviously didn't work? Granted, the show lasted for ten seasons, but that wasn't because of that aspect of it. Yeah, and it's even more egregious because you have it over on The Flash where they didn't do that. Um, no. I mean, they did that a little bit. Like, the first um, season was a little bit like, oh, Barry loves Iris, but Iris is getting married to this dude. Oh, wait, this dude shot himself to make sure that this thing never happened. Yeah. Um, And then, like, two episodes into season two, Barry's like, well, this might seem a little gauche, but hey, I, I really, I'm really into you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's gone. Yeah. What do you um, say we hit that? Um, but it worked. It worked. And I think the whole thing is, again, there's characters that give those other characters meaning. Like, there's no characters that give Felicity and Ollie meaning. Like, the the closest thing was the actual wedding at the end of this crossover, spoilers, um, with Dig. When he when they got him and he came and did the ceremony, he's like, I've been trying to keep you two together for six years. Like, that's the closest we've ever gotten to validation from, like... Even then, I was like... I'm contractually oblig- obligated to appear in this episode for at least 3.7 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, like that scene was a little painful too, because they did, they didn't use dig at all, uh, um, at all in the crossover. I mean, they kind of the wrote in like, a reason uh, not yes. to like with, with where Ella or where Ella, Ella arrow left off, you know, before the crossover with the whole, like, Oh, I got nerve damage and shit. Um, yeah, they did. But, and on the other hand, I think they could have come up with some contrived bullshit to write them in if it wasn't something like contractual, you know. So yeah. uh, it, it was very much like, yeah, um, I, they're letting me. Hey, guys, they're letting me show up in this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of so, like Ray Palmer's introduction in, in the last episode of it. It was like, hey, look at me. I'm holding this knife. So the flash can't cut you. Yeah. Or the reverse flash. <laughs> I like I, which actually I, I that liked. was a, that was an awesome fucking entrance. Yeah, it was kind of funny though. Like, but that was another clear, like, oh yeah, we can't, you know, and I get it because even if they could, like, let's just say they had an infinite budget, even if they could put every single person in every single show, it would have been hard to write that shit. Yeah, it would have been way more difficult to write that shit than anybody on those properties has talent for. Um, no offense, everybody, but seriously. Although, uh, although I'm going to say, and this is not a slight against, uh, um, Ray Palmer. What's his name? Brandon Ruth. Yeah, Brandon Ruth. 
this is not a slight against him. Um, but Mick Rory definitely had a lot more fucking screen time through that crossover. <laughs> he did. They were like, uh, and I don't know how that works either. That that was an interesting one too because, like, I don't get what the relationship I hate between cops. all this. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and and Rory was predictably gold. Like he's one of my favorite characters in this whole shared universe at this point, which is strange. I, I because- fucking love it because he's like uh, the the usher at the wedding. He's like, "Are you a uh, uh, bride or groom?" He's like, "Well, I've tried to kill the groom a few times, so I guess I better sit with the bride's family." <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God. I can't believe I actually how much I like his character because when it was announced that he was on the show, like I definitely did not we've, like that. We've and I was definitely like, talked oh, about this on the, the show before. That dies, yeah, you know, like, we've, we've definitely covered this, but it, yeah, both of us I think are are just like, wow, that's this has turned into a lot more than I thought it was going to. Yeah, um, you know, ever since I saw him play Dracula in Blade Three. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um, um, I guess we gotta, we, we should probably wrap this, this up. And I think the, one of the things we gotta talk about without, before we move on is, of course, uh, Marty Stein. Gray. Yeah. Gray's no longer with us. Um, dude. So fucking, I rolled a tear and I, I, like genuinely, um, because number one, this is, this is, uh, a sad thing, uh, for anybody who's ever watched Legends or The Flash because he's been, uh, uh, one of the most solid characters they've come up with um, for this whole thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what killed me the most, though, is like he pretty much died at the end of part three of this crossover mm-hmm. after getting shot. Uh, and then like part four opens up and you realize he's not dead. And then like all of a sudden, boom, they're firestorm again to, to save his life. Um get back aboard the wave rider and they're like, Oh, well they're connected and there's nothing getting can do. They're both dying. Uh, the hard part for me was not so much the actual death scene, although it was touching is watching Jefferson have to go tell Stein's family and then give the eulogy at the, at the funeral. God damn, that was tough. And it, they, and they weren't just successive. Like one thing happened and then another thing happened. And then like, then we see, uh, Jefferson telling the family and then all of a sudden we go back to oh here's superhero shit going on yeah and then we go back to the end at the at the funeral and then man it was it was fucking just kept like gonna yeah. grab your heart and then okay we're gonna let go of it and then nope nope we're gonna reach in and grab it again no, it was nuts stomp on it, a little. it was nuts and and uh, another thing that was really meta about it is uh, Stein very much Jewish gets killed by Nazis yeah, that was pretty tough. Not yeah, you know I didn't catch that the first time around, which I can't believe I didn't put those two things together. But wow, it was super meta. Yeah, <laughs> like more so than the fucking contrived Jewish felicity bullshit uh, in episode three. Oh god, that was another one where we're just like, oh god, please already. Although, although I really liked Captain Lance as a Nazi. <laughs> Captain Lance as a Nazi was a lot of fun. I mean, as much fun as you can be as a Nazi, I but, guess. But I like Blackthorn. I, I like Blackthorn an unreasonable amount. Like I like him more than he more than probably he, he gets deserves to be liked. Show. But uh, yeah, but but yeah, he he's one of my favorite. He's definitely one of my favorite on on this show. We so, we both um, championed Paul Blackthorn since yeah. Arrow's beginning. I think. 
So anyway, uh, I'll say mostly pretty solid crossover. I don't know who's uh, who, how Guggenheim has gotten as much control as he has, or if it, this is really just like Berlanti's. Like maybe maybe it's Berlanti. Maybe Berlanti is like the biggest Elicity fan in the world um, because there was a fucking lot of screen here's, time devoted to that in this crossover, so which here's, was disappointing. Here's but. the thing: I think Guggenheim is the one that's a huge fan of Elicity, but I also think Berlanti's like, well, Guggenheim hasn't been brought up on sexual harassment charges whereas Kreisberg has so we're gonna go with the Guggenheim yeah it's just it's just sad because if that's the case they're, they're then they're thinking like oh we can't lose Guggenheim well these were it's obviously like, no, filmed before that you whole could thing dude you happened, could but. you could yeah uh that was another thing like when hit when the credits rolled and it was like oh there's Kreisberg uh yeah I don't know if that's gonna be that uh, much longer Guggenheim can write like I'm just gonna tell you this like I've I've read every issue of X-Men Gold so far and I've I've enjoyed all of them so Guggenheim can write. I mean, maybe just not for this medium. Like, maybe. I don't know. Because let's face it, like, um, comics, I think, get away with a lot more bullshit like this. But he doesn't write that into him. That's the crazy part. Yeah. So, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, let's, we'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk <laughs> Infinity War. <laughs> we are. So, I can't believe we actually buried this this deep in the show. Normally, this is a, would be like a front matter topic because this is, this is banner stuff right here. Uh, and that's a pun that I didn't mean to have happen. Uh-huh. Well, you know, hey. Um, so as you might've guessed, we were talking about the Avengers Infinity War trailer, which dropped this week and it is fucking gorgeous. It is. Um, so again, we kind of already, you know, we, we, we blew the lead on this. What the fuck are you doing back here? What the fuck? Luna, Luna is just joining the show again so she can moan about this. We're she's talking about Infinity it. War. You like this shit. Shut yeah. Up. She's seen it like three times. Yeah. Um, she keeps telling us to put the goddamn thing back on and she's coming down here a moment. Maybe that's what she's doing. She's like, oh, we could watch it again. Um, it's like, I'd rather watch this again than listen to you fuckers talk. Probably. Anyway, enough about Luna. Um, so Infinity War, um, n- not going to lie, legit teared up a little bit when I watched this the first time because, uh, it is just such a huge thing like there's so many things about this that i think that that make it huge and great uh number one that um as a kid growing up like i can't tell you how excited i would have been to be alive like now when we get these properties coming out all the time like i i think if i had grown up uh it like if i had been you know say 10 10 to uh you know now probably i would spend like every weekend re-watching marvel movies and shit like that by the way guys if you wanted to know the difference between the dc properties and the marvel properties here's here's I'm just going to break this down real quick. DC properties, our biggest hope is that maybe they'll get it right on the next one. A new Marvel property drops, and we're like, man, we're lucky to be alive right now. <laughs> that's, I mean, all that, kidding that aside. Is a, that, that is that's a, a very s- good, succinct, succinct way to sum that up. Like, um, yeah, so the trailer comes out, and, and I... It's not quite Star Wars level for me. Like when, when, uh, I still, if I go back and watch the Force Awakens trailer right now, I Dude. will still get chills. Um, Dude, goosebumps. Yeah. But, um, it, it is almost, it's almost there for me like that. Did Especially, I mention that I won't be watching that until the Sunday after it comes out? Oh, man. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah. I just, no. it's, it's not in the cards for me to go see it opening that's, night this year that, yeah same we we both we we did talk about we have that same problem we're not going to be able to see it opening night which yeah um i'm leaving saturday the 16th i'm going to be driving uh down to grants pass and i actually have my brother and i though we we made plans we're going to yeah. take my stepmom to go see it on uh in medford on this on the sunday uh following and then we're back monday night 
So I think we might be able to actually sit down and record that night. Maybe if nice. you're down. I'm actually off work from like presuming, uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to work for me either, but I, I assume I don't think there's a there's a a chance in hell I'm not going to be able to like there. There's a lot of things I'll go do to see or I would do to see Star Wars on opening weekend. So I think it's probably I'm probably going to make that happening uh, happen. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm most likely I'm off work nice. uh, from from Friday the 15th until the 27th is when I go back. Wow. So. Dope. Uh, we can record pretty much any time in there. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna want to do it pretty quickly after I see it, though. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Okay. So anyway, yeah, anyhow, that's a good that's a good setup for Infinity War. So watching this trailer to me feels a little bit like watching a Star Wars trailer. In that, uh, we talked about this on the show that um, Marvel music is forgettable. Um, there was a YouTube link we talked about a while back uh, about how like. Oh, hey, n- hum the team uh, or hum, hum the team, hum the theme from, say, uh, Thor. And you can't, you just don't like I still can't right now. I cannot think of what the theme for Thor sounds like. I know I'd recognize it immediately if I heard it, but I cannot think of what it is. Uh, but Avengers, that's not true of anymore. Like I can legit like picture the music for Avengers in my head now. Uh, and I think that going forward, that's going to be the case. And so that's one of the things like it's a little bit inspired how that is used in the trailer. Um, because it, it definitely elicits that feeling and they use kind of a slower, more stripped down version of it, um, which I think helped out really well. And then they use this whole like, um, they use the fury speech. Like it's actually the other, uh, characters repeating the fury speech in, in there, which man chills, just chills. Yeah. Uh, because like when they started talking about this, like we really only had, uh, the three, four main guys. Um, and even then it was barely, it was, it was mostly just the three Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. Um, the Hulk was sort of there, uh, Scarlet, Scarlet, um, Black Widow, Black Widow, fuck Scarlet Johansson. Yeah. Scarlet Johansson. I was just kind of mixing those things. Uh, Black Widow and, and, and Hawkeye were kind of like involved, but you didn't really know how. And Thor was like, well, they're not Thor, uh, Hulk. They're like, well, we're going to put him in there because he's got to be in the, the movie, but um especially given the the whole um uh redheaded stepchild system set up with uh the incredible hulk movie didn't really know how that was going to go and now we've built out to this in which we have heroes all over the place we got ant-man we got guardians we got uh um, black panther we've got all these guys all these heroes they're just going to absolutely fill this thing up so where it's it's truly i think going to feel epic to me like i'm not going to lie to when seeing spider-man and all this has me extremely excited spidey sense spidey sense yes i've argued with people about this because they're like well you don't have to show spidey sense on screen i'm like yeah but here's the deal like you didn't see it at all in homecoming um or civil war so you don't necessarily know that he has it like that's the thing is we watched homecoming and we're like they didn't cover spidey sense at all like maybe maybe that's just not a thing you know and then all of a sudden like we get this trailer and like that reveal in the trailer is better than anything they could have done in homecoming to have showcased it yeah, uh, it's 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 fucking amazing. It'll be interesting if it's a swerve. Like I did think about this briefly, and I don't think it is because I think w- w- they wouldn't put it in the trailer if it was. Well, they could, but if it, it could be a swerve in that, um, it could just be like, oh, static electricity because there's a giant fucking alien thing floating out there. Yeah, no, um, that's that's definitely Spidey sense. Yeah, it uh, is, especially because of the look on his face. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Here, Spidey sense, Spidey sense. I'm super excited for, but you know, here's the thing. Um, I'm also gonna call bullshit on one other thing too. This is another fan theory. Bailey, this is for you. Um, I proved you wrong the other day. Now I'm going to do it on air. 
<laughs> he really we thought that. Are you gonna like rub your nuts on his face? Because maybe I'm it, just gonna it teabag like, him a little bit. It feels it feels like that might happen. Yeah. Um, he was like, "Oh, that's definitely Rhodey's hand that Tony Stark is holding while he's crying." No, that's Tony Stark's other hand. By the way, at the very beginning, it's just dirty. It's not. It's not Rhodey just because there's dark on it. It's dirt, <laughs> not not pigment. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch because I don't even remember what you're talking it's, about. It's the open of the fucking trailer where yeah. he's just sitting there crying or whatever on a what looks to be an alien world. Um. Anyway, uh. So that's not Rhodey. Um. I don't know for sure that he lives through this movie, but you know that's definitely not him. Well, or I think his if hand. they were gonna kill Rhodey, wouldn't it have made sense that they kill him in Civil War? They already had that opportunity. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So. And so they're like, well, I guess we'll kill the cripple now. Like. I don't know. We we may see that Rhodey's fine by the this movie because you know, like we've got some pretty amazing tech now, especially yeah. introducing Wakanda into the whole mix. Um, right. So I think there's one thing though we need to address the arc reactor in the room, and that is the one that's actually in Tony's chest again. So what's 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 the deal with that? I think that this is going to be a plot point because I distinctly see something that looks a little bit like an extremist suit. You think maybe he had it reimplanted so he could just have. The extremist version of the suit? I think there's something like that going on because the suit that he's wearing uh, towards the end of the trailer looks looks like like a uh, it's like skin tight. Like it's kind of funny because this I, I think we get a little bit of Iron Spider going on in this. I don't. We might get the Iron Spider in this, and kind of looks his like his costume. If you look at the costume when it shows, it shows Spidey in a new costume, yeah. and it does look a little. Um, it's not Iron Spider, but it does look like like there's legit, uh, fuck, like scales almost. Not that's not right. Um, but like plates. There's like yeah. plates on the suit. Um, and then when you look at that compared to Iron Man's suit, um. It's like skin. It's almost like lycra, you know. Like so, yeah. I, I feel like they're gonna do something like extremists, or they're gonna show something like this is how far we've gone. And so it would kind of explain the the arc thing because I th- I don't I don't know if they'll they'll do extremists exactly. Um, well, they tr- they tried to do extremists to some extent in Iron Man three and botched it real bad. Um, as well yeah. as the man. Did you watch the All Hail the King uh, special that was on the Thor Dark World? Uh, it was a short uh where they so so they basically kind of retconned um guy pierce as the mandarin and um so it's considered canon so like we know that guy guy pierce wasn't actually the mandarin and that it was just something that he picked up during his travels uh and whatnot and so i'm wondering the same thing about extremists if they're going to go a different way about that yeah I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but definitely the suit. I I, I noticed the suit in uh, you know both both Spidey suit and Iron Man suit, and there's definitely something going on with that. Like we're getting a different level here, which makes it even more poignant that Thanos just smacks him down like a bitch. Uh, yeah. So we definitely have Tony Stark with an uh, with an arc reactor again. Uh, in his chest. Um. So that's that's interesting. Um. We have oh god, there's so much stuff in this trailer. It's 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 hard. We have Guardians coming back. That's the tail end of the trailer. Uh, who the hell are you? Uh, yeah, I like that. That's pretty amazing. I don't know. So many, so many fucking good things with this with this trailer. Uh, we get to see Thanos uh, for real. Yeah, it's just Tony's own hand. Yeah, 
It, it totally is. I just, uh, Screen Rant, maybe I'll throw this in the show notes before we finish here. Screen Rant, I was Googling uh, um, Avengers Infinity War trailer Easter eggs, and um, it, it's uh, pretty pretty interesting. You know, like, you, you actually get kind of a lot in the trailer. I guess I should mention, if you, if you want to be spoiled, uh, go check this out, because there's some stuff in here you probably wouldn't have picked up, and you might want to see the actual reveal in here. Um, but, you know, there's some interesting stuff going on in this trailer for sure that if you look past a surface surface level um you'll see some pretty cool stuff so uh i should also mention that the uh uh, infinity war trailer has actually set box office records not box office records but most viewed records um for the first 24 hours shit like that like it's it's uh it's big this movie this movie potentially can be the largest grossing film of all time i think uh, you know, I'm I'm just gonna call it now and say it. It probably is gonna be. If it's not, I'll be like the only expressed. the only thing I think that competes with this right now is Star Wars. Um, yeah, and I don't know if Star Wars will do it. Um, I I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because like the two fandoms I think here are just amazingly amazingly large at this point. So I'm not sure who are who who I could give it to. I'm just saying these two are kind of like going to be at the top of everything except essentially either way disney's making a shit ton of money oh man disney man it's it's crazy to think that they own both star wars and marvel because yes they're just going to make so much goddamn money it's just ridiculous i was actually picking on the wife the other day because she was like man she goes they kind of they kind of blew it by by putting this trailer out before uh the last jedi because um, now I'm looking forward to Avengers almost more than I'm looking forward to Star Wars. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to see both. They're getting your money either way. <laughs> like, like you're just now willing to hurl your money at them rather than, you know, oh, yeah. it, you like, know slowly honestly, across the if, counter. If the Republican tax bill had introduced a uh, Disney tax and I just get to go see the new movies, I might have supported it. That, right. that might have made sense. Right. Uh, what else is in this? Uh, what do you got on your on your deal? Like on your end for the infinity war trailer you know i don't know i i I think i've largely said my piece on this it's a trailer like there's a lot of cool stuff and i'm gonna go rewatch it a few times and i and i will i will throw this in here because i think there's a lot of stuff in here you'll see that you will appreciate in terms of easter egg easter eggs and stuff like that in the trailer um uh vision as paul bettany yeah the biggest thing for me though for sure is just watching this trailer I don't know. It's just the culmination of something so much larger. Like it, it, they've taken 10 years to set this up and it really, really feels like we're going to get the payoff. And don't get me wrong. I, I don't even think it has to be perfect. It does not have to be a perfect movie. I'm just saying. Was like, Iron Man in 2007? It's 2008. So 2008. I, I just keep, So I just it'll keep, be 10 years by the time this comes out. I just out. keep rounding up. Um, well, no, but it'll, it, it it'll will be, be it'll yeah. legit be 10 years. So like, that's the thing, like they've legitimately put 10 years and what are we 20 movies in or something like that? A lot. Um, yeah, it's a lot. a lot of movies. Um, so th- th- there's been a lot of movies. There's been a lot of groundwork laid to get to where we are right now. And I just, I, I have to credit them for this whole idea. Um, because they're doing something that really hasn't been done meaningfully on screen before. Like, I cannot think of a, a franchise with more legs so far than, than, um, the the MCU this like, is this is bigger than Bond. It's well, I, mean, I mean in terms of like a, a cohesive story. 
Um, so yeah, I, I just found a link on the hyphen numbers.com and it's uh, talking about franchises and the biggest franchises. And I'll just name the five of them so far, star Wars, Marvel cinematic universe, James Bond, Harry Potter, and Batman. I told you it was bigger than bond. It is bigger than bond. Uh, and it's only bigger than star Wars. If you adjust for inflation, which I guess makes sense because definitely the biggest movies so far in terms of like box office draw and all that kind of stuff is probably going to be the original trilogy. Um, and then definitely, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, the prequel trilogy was pretty goddamn huge too. Um, so yeah, adjusted for inflation, the biggest trilogy is star Wars. Uh, but you know, you, you kind of have to even argue in a circle a little bit to get to that because just looking at the numbers here, Marvel cinematic universe has done a bigger, uh, domestic box, not adjusted for inflation, adjusted for inflation. It's only a little bit less than Star Wars. Worldwide box, though, it's fantastically bigger. $13 billion. Um, yeah, $13 billion. Uh, $13.5 billion versus about $7.5 billion for Star Wars. Um, of course, you know, we're talking about 12 Star Wars movies versus uh, 13, 23 Marvel movies, according to this. So, By July 5th of 2019... Marvel will uh, will have made twenty three of these movies. Yeah, so um, which is nuts. I mean, if you think about it, Bond Bond started in the sixties, and we're just now on Bond twenty five. Yeah. Uh. So I, I I don't know. I just I gotta give it to Marvel. Like this is the big thing here for me is that it 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 is I think going to be in a lot of ways this generation Star Wars I think a lot of kids this this has launched a thing for uh, uh, many decades to come probably dude there's Iron Man backpacks fucking Hulk backpack like there's shit that like you would have been lucky oh, to come across when I was a kid merchandising like, is absolutely it's, ridiculous it's just like you can like, go find fucking Ant Man costumes at Halloween like name me the last time you ever saw an Ant Man costume. Uh, much well, less one you could just go pick up at Target. That's that's the thing is like that's there there never was one. Like if you wanted an Ant Man costume prior to this movie coming out this last couple of years you ago, had to hire somebody. To you would have had to you. build it yourself. Yeah, yeah, like that that would have been it. Um, these I don't know. I I fucking I'm a huge mark for these movies. It's probably I mean I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm like Star Wars is kind of my thing. It's what my nerd cred you know growing up was based around. <laughs> Um, but this is, this has got to be a close second, you know, for me. Uh, I think that's true for a lot of us. And I think that's why Star Wars is ultimately going to hold my heart because, um, growing up, I can't tell you how many times I watched the original trilogy. Like, I'm surprised I didn't wear out the VHS we had in the house for that. Um, my, my favorite comic book character growing up, uh, was Green Lantern, total DC property, right? But like, obviously I would have gone Superman or Spider-Man personally. I've never been a huge, uh, soups guy. Um, yeah, I'm not well, anti soups. Like a lot of people, uh, it's just, his stories were never as interesting to me as, as green Lantern and whatnot. But like you, you look at me right now, like there's star Wars shit fucking all over my house. There's a bunch of Marvel shit. Like I'm wearing a fucking, like this is my new Wolverine shirt. X-Men, yeah. It's a pretty dope shirt by the way. Yeah. Um, I, Marvel, Marvel has, has quickly kind of, uh, become one of those things that's just like you can't deny um the marketing genius behind uh both marvel and disney because it doesn't matter like disney wants money don't get me wrong like you know they do well and it's um, not just disney like i'm gonna give disney some of the credit because they had the foresight to be like we'll go buy this and then just not fuck with it because th- they haven't really but they they bought this when when did they buy it I don't, what was the first disney property avengers 
was it? Avengers was the first one with the Disney banner across it. Yeah, but I mean, they bought it in practicality. I think Avengers was like a done thing by the time that Disney picked it up. Um, so like, I just got to credit Marvel. I mean, that's the whole crux of this thing. I got to credit Marvel with this because the Marvel started essentially in 2008 and now they build up this brand that is on the same tier as Star Wars and not just in, in, uh, numbers. That actually is how it feels in my head a little bit. Like I get as excited almost for a new Marvel movie to be coming out as I do for a Star Wars movie. Um, Especially Infinity War. And that's not always true because there are just so many goddamn Marvel movies. I can't get as excited as I can for Star Wars. Um, and maybe that'll change now that we're going to get Star Wars at once a year. Um, but I got to say, like, uh, Infinity War, like, I had, I had a lot of the same feelings about the Infinity War trailer as I did for, uh, The Force Awakens. And that's pretty huge. Like, I, I'm not sure what more praise I can give it than that. Can you believe that Winter Soldier and the Dark World actually shared two head writers really yeah crazy thor the dark world was written by christopher yost uh christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely and i mean if i could remember what that movie was about and I the might winter soldier the winter soldier was written by christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely wow like it's that's crazy to me that and civil war also christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely so who do you think had the biggest influence on thor the dark world I'm mm. betting it was the guy that didn't write the other two movies. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. Um so anyway, uh that's that's I think that's our chat for Infinity War trailer. I think we'll probably rewatch it. Maybe we'll follow up on it a little bit next week, but uh, let's let's move let's move on. Let's here's talk- the thing. Uh, I'm not signing off on the show yet cuz we're not done, but um if you guys watch the Infinity War trailer and you catch something we haven't mentioned or you want to uh, Well, we didn't mention upon, a lot. I, I mean, like I said, go I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes. There's the the screen rant link with all the easter eggs from it. Um, um there's a ton of stuff that it d- deserves its own. I guess what know, I'm saying through. is we want your feedback. We do. You know, um, hit us up on Twitter at whatever show. Facebook.com slash whatever show. Um, Even though Facebook is a scum of hive and villain or a hive of scum and villainy. We definitely respond within an hour, though. At least according to our profile. That's what it says. Yeah. Uh, Facebook's never lied about anything. Yeah. No, hit us up. Uh, All right. What's next? Oh, beer track. This is amazing. Yeah. This is fucking amazing. All right. Um, so I don't even know what brewery it is. I I honestly just didn't even read the article nearly as much. Um, the only things I read were like, this is actually a thing. Schmaltz Brewing Company. Schmaltz Brewing Company. Uh, season three of Next Generation. Uh, it's when the series actually gets good. Yep. Uh, it's also when we meet the character of Vash. Yeah, when he's on Risa. Which is, it, it takes place on the episode Captain's Holiday, where he goes on vacation on Risa. All he wants to do is relax and read his book um, with his Ricin, uh fertility uh, statue that uh, Riker. Ricin fertility shirt. Like, I'm just, I'm getting hot just looking at it. Right? Yeah, that Riker convinces him he needs to buy. Um, there's a beer now, a beer by Schmaltz Brewery called Captain's Holiday. Uh, it's being sold in four packs. It's a, it's, it's a really a thing be available on shelves in 35 States. Are we one of them? I'm hoping we'll have to check that out. It's, it's definitely the combination of a lot of things we love. Um, it's Star Trek, the next generation and beer. Exactly. Which you guys are going to get a, a healthy dose of coming up, uh, pretty quick when we start our, our next, uh, our spinoff podcast series. About Star Trek: The Next Generation. We're doing that someday. 
Yeah, we gotta we gotta work out some details. Sam and yeah, Bryce want to be involved, and I don't honestly. It'll take us uh, like nineteen years to get through the whole series if if we have to wait for them it to should record. Be. Every By episode. the time we do get through the next generation, it'll be more like an archaeological dig at that point. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anyhow, uh, Star Trek and beer is a thing at the same time. Uh, check it out. And this next one, um, I think I'm going to let you talk about that more because you're definitely a, a bigger fan than I am. So why, why don't you take a I don't know if I'm a, a bigger step? fan, but I'm a more seasoned fan, I think. That's for sure. Like I, We're both pretty big fans of both of these guys. But yeah, definitely between the two of us. This is definitely uh, more of a math thing. Uh, so basically, every impression that I've ever done on the show has been uh, uh, a, a very, very poorly uh, done impression of of one man, and that's Ralph Garman. Yeah, it's it's Matt doing an impression of Ralph Garman. I do bad impressions, impressions of Ralph Garman doing good impressions, which is it's just funny. It's a, it's a it's very meta, but I like it. Um. Anyway, Ralph Garman, uh, co-host of one of our favorite podcasts, uh, which is. Uh, Hollywood Babylon uh, with Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. Uh, Ralph Garman actually is um, already a thing, though, because he has done the showbiz beat on Kevin and Bean for 18 fucking years on K-Rock. Yeah. Uh, Not anymore, though, because they fired him this last week. Um, And not only did they fire him, but they told him he had to go on air and basically say that it was his idea to leave the show. Yeah, so... I don't know. There's a lot of feelings I have about this. Number one is that um, it's notable that this isn't just sudden, suddenly some firing. Like, it's not exactly K-Rock that fired him. They got bought out. They did get bought out. Yeah. So, the thing is, they got bought out, and now all of a sudden, apparently... Los Angeles Media or something like that, I think. Is... Yeah, there's no budget, apparently, for Ralphie. Um, so, it, it's a dick move of the highest order. Like, the... the uh, you know, it's, it's everything that everybody fears when you hear, oh, you know, that company's buying this one that you like. Um, and you're like, oh, I hope this thing doesn't get shitty because of that. It, it looks like that's entirely going to be the case. Which, unfortunately, as much as I think... This is what I fear for the internet and, and net neutrality, which we're not really going to... I'm not going to spend any time on this week. This is what I fear about that. Like, radio used to be the thing. Radio used to be the go-to. Everybody loved it. Quality content all the time sort of thing. Yeah, look, I mean... And look now at, we're in the days where, like, I I, I dread turning on the radio. People, it's worse than television. People used to listen to the radio on purpose, like Howard Stern. Like, that was a big thing. Howard Stern was, was a radio show. Like, uh, just recently, especially in our area... Uh, we had the Donkey Show uh, for a long time with a yeah. couple of DJs that were, uh, whether you liked them or you didn't, like people very people had very specific feelings about the Donkey Show. Um, there's been a lot of DJs uh, over the 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 course of of years that have had a lot of popularity just because of actual radio. Yeah, uh, podcasts are kind of the evolution of that uh, as. Eddie uh, alluded to earlier with net neutrality, that may not be the case, but currently, um, or without net neutrality, that might not be the case, I should say. Um, well, it's, it's just it's, basically my fear. Like, radio used to be this, like, um, in much the same way that the, the you know, last 10 years of the internet, well, last 15, 20 years, it was really kind of been the wild, wild west. Uh, you know, lay your claim and, and make something good. And, God and damn it, we should have done this fucking 
10 years ago. Yeah. We'd be billionaires right now. But anyway. Yeah, basically. Um, but radio used to be like that too. Radio used to be like sort of like you get on radio and that's the gold rush and everything was glorious on radio and you could, you know, go find a, a million different awesome things to listen to and, you know, varying quality and blah, blah, blah. And now we're at the level where radio is like, I dread it. Like it's the most absolutely mass produced bullshit that nothing, that like it's every stereotype that just I cannot stand. Um, what, what's um, crazy to me is half the commercials I hear on, on radio, on broadcast radio, are commercials about how good advertising on radio can be good for your business. Yeah, and there's only, like, the, the other thing that's notable about radio these days is there's only, like, two companies anymore. And so, like, every station really, like, you're not imagining it. Every station really is basically the same because they're all owned by basically two con- conglomerations. There, there, yeah, there's two or three radio conglomerations out there right now. Yeah, so uh, it, it's not just you making it up. It, it really does suck as much as you think it does, and it really is as bland as you think it is. So it's kind of unfortunate because Ralph Garman is not that, uh, and this is another like sort of death knell. And like, if if you previously like, I, I imagine there's a lot of people who only listen to radio for this show for Ralph that now are not going to any so, longer. And here's the funny thing. So here's the deal. Like, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, he didn't have to listen to them." Like, blah blah blah. If you want your final paycheck, or you, maybe not even your final it's not paycheck. not even that. He's it, just, d- deep down, he's a classy guy. He's a classy guy for one, but also they hold you hostage because they will say, here's the deal. Like, if you go on air, um, you cannot say you were fired. You just have to say you're leaving, blah, blah, blah. And if you do that like a good boy, we're going to do this and give you the severance package or whatever. Like, like, that's how these things work a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly and, what it is, but they nobody, definitely have nobody over wants a to walk away. Well, nobody wants to burn bridges when they walk away because you never know what's going to happen. Like eventually, like you may be invited to come back or what the deal is. Um, what they did not tell him apparently though is don't have your fucking fat loud mouth friend uh, <laughs> blast the internet uh, with what happened. Uh, this is my favorite that's part of the exactly story. Exactly what Kevin Smith did is is uh, on his Instagram. He was like, "Here's the deal." This guy gave them this many years of his life. They treat him like absolute garbage at the fucking end of it. And uh, fuck everybody that had anything to do with this, basically. Um, and you got to respect that about Kevin Smith, man. Like, if you're Kevin's friend, he is going to uh, he's going to defend you to the fucking death is really what this this comes down to. Um this is not the end for Ralph Garman, for sure. Hollywood Babylon is an amazing thing for him uh, as far as things go. I don't know what his paycheck was with K-Rock. I'm not going to ask. It's not my business. Um, but I know he makes a living doing Babylon stuff as well. Um, he'll be able to tour with Babylon more because uh, Kev tours all the time with a lot of his podcasts. But he doesn't take Babylon on the road a ton because Garmin had uh, a, a Monday through Friday job for a lot yeah, of that. So the so, thing is, like... Um, don't get me wrong. I think it was probably a healthy paycheck for Kev, uh, for, um, Kev, uh, for Ralph. Um, but I don't think we're at the stage where like, he's not at the stage where losing this job is like a death. Note. Like if I lost my job tomorrow, it would be a fucking big deal. Like, and don't get me wrong. This is a big deal, but it's not for those same reasons. It's not like, because I, like, I, I think he's pretty financially secure and I don't think that there's going to be like, Oh, I got a downsize or whatever. Like, I, I think that's not really the issue. I it's, hope it's that's just not sort the of case. like the, 
it's just sort of like the at this point like he's doing this job clearly i think a little bit because he loves it um and that's you know like if you go through and read kev's post that's a little bit that that's most of where the the egregiousness lies is not in the like the financial parts of it but like i can't believe you're taking this you're you're doing this after 20 years you know yeah uh anyway it, this is just it, it hit close to home for us because um one of the reasons that I do this podcast is how much fucking fun it sounds when other people do podcasts and Garmin is one of the guys that I think probably has some of the most fun out of all of them that I listen to uh and so it's 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 a shame when something shitty happens to a dude that uh, uh kind of inspires you to do what you do I'm not an impressionist um I'll never claim to be uh, as much fun as I have getting drunk and trying to do impressions, uh, it's not. Yeah. It's not what I get paid for. <laughs> no. Ooh. Uh. Ooh. Uh. Um. Yeah. No. I, I. I don't know. I gotta this, tell you, this is this is a goddamn uh, depressing way to end the show. Uh, we don't have to end it there. We can talk about something else if you want. Mm, where do we go from here? Uh, beer. I don't know. <laughs> we we have beer. The Steam We're link. Them. We tried the Steam Link tonight. Oh, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I I just gotta say, like I said, I I, I um. I don't really feel sorry for Ralph because on the other hand, on the one hand, it's like he's gonna you know go home as home. I feel and bad for the dude who bills. lost his job. Yeah, but, but but that's the thing, like losing your job and losing your job in this way is just kind of like fucked. Like it's just it's not a part of society that I like, and especially in this case, like don't get me wrong, I I think that this thing is only gonna happen more because I think radio is kind of a dying medium. What, what Eddie's like, saying is he's not happy about what happened to Ralph, but Ralph's gonna bounce back. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. Is the thing? I, it's just it's it's just a shitty situation, uh, and so yeah, it's a bummer. But yeah, um, so I, yeah, let's close out. Let's talk a little bit briefly about the Steam Link uh, because you got an opportunity to pick it up, and we got an opportunity tonight to play briefly um, some Lego game. <laughs> we played Lego Marvel Avengers. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was fun. Uh, although I don't like the split screen uh, deal. Uh, it made me kind of nauseous for a minute. Yeah, so a little setup here. Um, I'm sure probably by this point pretty much everybody knows that Steam is an online platform on your PC or Mac in which you can buy lots and lots of video games. Uh, Created by the Valve Corp. Yes. Uh, what you may not know is that not Steam, the Umbrella Corp. Steam Link is a hardware device. It's a small-ish thing. Looks kind of like a mini portable hard drive. And you can plug that into your TV. And now you can stream games from your PC to your TV. Um, Caveat. Your PC has to be a decent PC to do this. Because not only does it have to be able to play the games, but then it also has to have enough processing power to be able to push that across your network to your your yeah, Steam Link TV. See, I, I, I don't think, like, the, the, don't get me wrong, there is some overhead involved, but I don't think it's going to be terrible. If you only have two gigs of RAM, it's not going to work out well for you, though. That's all I'm saying. Probably not. Um, so anyway, you, you, you do, you don't need a beast of a machine, I don't think, especially not if you're playing games that aren't as resource intensive. Um, but yeah, if, if you're planning on playing like whatever the latest hotness is and you want to play it, you know, at, at whatever the max resolution at, you know, whatever the highest frame rate is, uh, um, I don't think you're probably going to want you like Steam Link is probably not going to be your thing anyway, because you're like one of those people who are like, use a Bluetooth mouse. What the fuck am I like some kind of animal? Um, Steam Link will do uh, it will it will stream uh, at 1080 to your 1080 TV. It cannot do 4K at this point. Although I think there's probably a new device that'll I got I got to say we we played uh Lego Marvel Avengers and to m- it looked good. Like first off, sure. that is not a that is not a hugely graphics intensive game. It's not heavily dependent on frame rate, 
but it looked good. Like it, it certainly looked passable. Like if, if, uh, for example, you're uh, somebody who buys most of the games on the PC because, quite frankly, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, frankly, uh, I really do think that it's it's a lot cheaper to buy games on uh, Steam than it is to buy it anywhere else. Your 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 well, AAA titles when they come out on Steam are like fifty bucks versus sixty. Uh, uh, yeah, for a console. And the other thing too is it it tends to be to me or like I think anyway that it tends to happen that they end up going on sale faster. So like sure. I don't think I've paid full price for basically any game or very few games on my PC. Um, maybe Skyrim. I think I bought Skyrim full price because when I built my rig, it was to play Skyrim. Uh, um, or that was one of the big reasons why I built my rig. Um, I, I am the gaming industry's worst nightmare in that I do not care if I play it opening week or month or six months like i will wait until i can afford to buy it and then i'll buy it and then i'll play it yeah there's very few games every year and it's getting it's it's less and less so that i feel like man i've got to buy that game on launch well, and i will pay the 60 dollars. Here, here's the thing um dlc kind of ruins buying games on opening week for me because of one specific thing uh, and i'll give you a, a very specific example i could have gone out and bought injustice 2 on black friday this year for 20 dollars. yeah but then I would have been inclined to buy the season pass, which would have been another fucking $30 or whatever to get like the DLC that I could get with it. Um, or I'll wait another fucking six months to a year and buy the game of the year edition and get all of that shit for the same $20. Yeah. Um, and same thing too. Um, uh, side note, if you like, uh, share similar sensibilities, you can get sensibilities. You can go to reddit.com slash patient slash r slash patient gamers uh the patient gamers subreddit um basically does just that like they play games you know maybe even a couple of sometimes years after it comes out like yeah for example you can buy uh deus ex um whichever one i can't remember what it's called uh the first one that came out the first modern version that came out yeah. like five dollars or something like that and it's a great game look at skyrim skyrim came out what five six years ago six maybe even seven and it's still they're still rebranding it and then selling it for 60 bucks a pop again. Well, um, I mean, like, that's the funniest thing, too. Like, when they do Skyrim Remastered, and it's basically, like, the modded version you've been playing for the last three years. Yeah, it's the same fucking game, only you don't have to fucking rip it apart and mod it yourself now. It's, it's ridiculous. And, and even then, modding these days is really fucking simple. And in six months, that game will be $20. Yeah. It's... Which is that's a, this is actually almost an argument against because you, it, it's been seven years since this came out came out and you're still going to pay twenty dollars. I think you can go buy like uh, fucking Fallout New Vegas for literally probably four dollars on Steam on any given day of the week. Which is the version of Fallout to play if you are really wanting to know like where that fucking franchise took off. Uh, New Vegas is it. Uh, Fallout Four, fucking amazing, but also you. Game of the Year edition's out, and in six months it'll be twenty bucks. Fallout Four, no, it, it, I think it already is. I, I well, think Fallout Four is, but the Game of the Year edition's not. Yeah, um, Game of the Year edition also has a DLC. And Fallout whatnot. Four they're actually, tr- they're still trying to sell that season pass to people that didn't buy the the. It depends on what you like Game about Fallout, year. whether or not you're going to like that. But anyway, it's fun. We we played the Steam Link. Um, we or I, oh yeah, we, we did. The Steam we did Link. do that. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's pretty good. Matt picked it up on uh, the autumn sale, and that means he paid something like five dollars with eight dollars shipping and handling. Yeah, which... I paid twelve ninety eight for the whole shebang. Yeah, native support for PS three controllers. You got to plug it into the USB 
uh, port, let it pair, and then you're good to go. I gotta say, I wish I kind of would have because it, it it's functionally a lot better than I I thought it would be. Like, uh, it's much more responsive than I thought it would be. And it the, was just like playing graphi- a console game. Yeah, graphically, it, it just like playing the console version of this particular game. Uh, at some point, you know, when we have some more time, I, I actually want to throw something at it that's a little bit more rough. You know, like well, maybe we should try Rise of the Tomb Raider, which again isn't the most graphically intensive intensive game. But oh, I, I would expect it should play reasonably well on the link. Um, but my we should, my we FPS drops a little bit when I play it in 4K. Yeah, I'd expect it would. <laughs> Just saying. That's how it works. It's 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 not exactly yeah that part that part is to be expected. I just I I would wonder how it would play on the link. I'm just saying, yeah, no, and guys, if you think I'm spoiled, yes, you're not wrong because my graphics card makes a legitimate whiny noise if I don't overclock it by 185 megahertz. Yeah, which is funny to me. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, good place to close out the show. Uh, in short, if you get a chance to pick up a Steam Link for $5, I probably would. I kind of regret that I didn't do that. Uh, I mean, it'll be on sale again. The winter sale's coming up here in a couple months. Yeah, I expect so. it will, unless they're like out of inventory now because this was like an upgrade cycle thing. I, I, well, I don't think that's going to be the maybe. case. Though. I did we'll pick see. up a Fire TV stick as well. Um, yeah. I don't have it yet. It'll be here on Tuesday, but I grabbed it for... Uh, twenty five bucks, I think. On we should, on the we should talk Monday. about that next week. Um, I have a Fire TV stick in my bedroom, and uh, you know, I'm always playing out these different media shenanigans, and, and I'm curious what you think about it. Yeah, next week we will definitely talk about my uh experience with the Fire TV stick, which will get here on the same day. By the way, uh, that I'm going to see Foo Fighters. Fuck you. So we'll talk about that on next week's show as well. Yeah, I actually want to check out more of the Amazon TV stuff because. I, I, I do I do have the the echo thing. I have one of the echo things and it, you can get echo dots like they had them on 30 bucks right now. 30 They're still bucks. 30 bucks today. They're still 30 bucks. Uh so I kind of want to get another one of those or another couple of those because it is like once you get the utility of it, it is one of those things you can picture having just literally everywhere. You know, you you uh, legitimately don't get another dot. Uh get the actual echo. Yeah. Because what's great is if you have the echo and then you have a series of dots, you can actually use the dots as intercoms. So you can throw a dot upstairs uh, in your kid's room. Or I think you can do that anyway. Can you do that even dot to dot? I, th- I think you can because the, like that's a new dot to dot. <laughs> I think that's a new thing like with the echo family. Like that, that's one thing that's really interesting to me. And the other thing that's really interesting is that, um, I remember when I was a kid, my uncle, when we were living there, spent a whole fucking lot of time and money setting up multi-room speaker systems so that you can go anywhere in the house and you'd have a di- a, a volume control uh, in you know that particular room. Not in the kids' rooms, but whatever. Um, but you could listen to the music and you could control Kitchen, volume. Kitchen, living that. room, whatever, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing with the Echo Dot. I, I'm pretty sure with the Echoes, you can just do that. I, I don't think it matters what model either. I think it's pretty much just if it's an Echo, you can do it. Um, so you can do uh, multi-room audio that's synced up. So like you can have, you you know, play upstairs, you know, Vivaldi and all of the upstairs, you know, uh, uh, Echoes will play Vivaldi synced up. And then you can control those, you know, volume wise individually. Wiretap, play the Four Seasons. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that Echo knows exactly how much I masturbate now, but uh, I'm I'm comfortable with it because they play Spotify whenever I tell it. I just yell at my room and I get music, so oh, it's fine. There's another fucking thing that happened to me today that was crazy. Not masturbation because that happens all the time, but um, <laughs> that's not that crazy. So I was listening to um, oh what 
Foo Fighters record is that that I, that I was listening to? Concrete and Gold. Nope. It wasn't that one today. Color and the Shape. Nope. S- Echoes pa- Echo Silence Patience Grace. Nope, the one after that. Uh, fucking Wasting Light. Is that the name of the record? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was that one. I, I listened to that. I bought, or I didn't buy. I have Apple Music. So I downloaded the deluxe version of it. Yup. Right? So I'm listening to the record. And then all of a sudden, I hear the, um, whatever that fucking song was that was on the Thor soundtrack. Um, Learning to walk again. Yeah, I don't yeah, like that song. That one. I, I actually do kind of like it, but it was, it was quiet. It was quieter and it was in the background. I didn't know why. And I picked up my phone and the fucking video was playing. It wasn't the video. It was like a live performance. It was, it was a, uh, hmm. And it, that was crazy to me. It was Apple Music, and it just is part of if you download the deluxe version of that record. Oh, on that on the thing, yeah. On Apple Music, like that, it that just plays at the end, and so I I got to watch a live performance of of uh, that that particular song. That's a little strange that that they just throw a video like they they just mix the video. One of the things I really like about Spotify actually is especially because um I fall asleep to Spotify basically all the time now. Um is when the album completes if you turn on the setting well i think it's on but on by default because i don't remember turning it on anyway it'll just immediately play basically a radio station tailored to what we were listening to so if i if i um am if fall asleep listening to wasting light it's gonna play a lot of stuff related or that sounds like that stuff you know other foo fighter stuff uh but also tons of other bands that sound like that and usually it gets it pretty fucking correct. Like uh, most of the time I'm pretty pleased with what Spotify comes up with for me uh, based on whatever algorithms or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. We can, we could talk about the, the fucking human genome project <laughs> uh, or the music genome project as it were. Uh, yeah. I don't for know. an entire episode. I think. Yeah. Probably. Let's, let's save that for the next show. I uh, think now's probably a good time. Let's, let's wrap this bitch up. Yeah, uh, so here's the deal. Uh, we definitely want your money if you have uh, money. Give us your get. fucking money.com is already taken, uh, thanks to Dubai Friday, which is another podcast I really like, but whatever. But, you know, sponsors at whatever.co, good enough, right? Yeah. We will take your money. Um, if, for example, you can donate $5 today, and with that $5, we will probably buy more beer um, but uh, you could you could do it you it's know a thing you I'll, could do. I'll tell you what guys if you want to just donate money uh not through sponsorship or anything else if you want to just donate money uh we'll give you a shout out on the podcast um we'll set up a paypal account and and uh, give you the details next week look we're there's we're, no there, i guess there's no reason why we we shouldn't have a way for you just to throw fucking money at us if you the, want to. The, yeah, the thing is, yeah, we will we will take your money. We're not particularly concerned with where it came from. If you're a say a Mexican drug lord, you like podcasts too. You you deserve to be able to donate your money to people. Honestly, we'll if it. you're like if you're part of a cartel and you're listening to our podcast and you're like, hey, I want to give these guys money, we'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's not like that money actually murdered the babies. You murdered the babies. We just want the money. Right. Yeah, yeah, we we didn't murder babies at all. Um, we're not asking you to. I think probably the only person that I'm not going to take money from this week is Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump. I don't know Republican Party. Republicans. Oh, I will, I will take Trump money. You will take I won't, Trump money. I won't you know, say. I would. I, I I think I would. I'll take I, Trump money and I'll turn it into something good. I I think That's I would because yeah, I I think I could. I just taking money away from Trump is such a just a, a fuck you in general. Like, uh, uh, you know, squeezing money out of him is just such a good fuck you that I think, yes, I would take Trump money. 
if you guys if you guys send us money this week we will we I, I will take a picture of Eddie and I will mock it up to where he looks like Jeff Sessions. How about that? Like I'll, we'll throw it wow. up on the website next week. I, I I'm I'm not even Elvin at all. No, that's that's what's going to be amazing about it. Uh, I guess I'll get to making cookies in a tree this week because I, that that should I think you grow to look like it sessions if you do. I, I you know what we got to do is we got to give these guys incentives. I think you know if, if they send us a certain amount of money, we'll throw in a bonus episode about something. We'll do an entire episode about whatever you know, just something. You'll have to edit it and put it out that week, but. Well, I mean, whatever we, we, you know, there's a, like I said, we, we like money. There's a lot of things I'll do for money. We're not proud. Uh, <laughs> we'll take your money. It's fine. Um, anyway, th- th- this bit's gone on too long now. Uh, let's, let's close it's not it a out. Bit. We're, we're, I mean, we'll take your money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That part's totally true. Um, but anyway, um, and I will mock up a picture of you to look like Jeff Sessions if I have to. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, we I'm already talked about I got it, but, Photoshop. Uh, uh, Twitter at whatever show. Uh, Facebook.com uh, forward slash whatever show. Uh, it's a good thing you specified because people get confused. Uh, sometimes they do. Yeah. Questions at whatever.co if you want to do the email thing. And if you do want to give us your fucking money. That's that uh, sponsors at whatever.co. Yeah. We we will take the money. We will use it uh, for things that are very important. Hit us up on will. Twitter. Please, please give us some kind of traffic on Twitter. Like we love Twitter and we will talk to you. On uh, Twitter. Yeah. I, I guess in general, if you, if you're thinking about how do we help the podcast, um, I like the shit and you should do more of it. Um, just uh, share us on tr- social media, share us with your friends uh, and family, Apple podcasts. Um, I, um, I know you probably have young children at home and you're thinking they need to, they need to experience the, whatever you show. Don't, don't actually do that. That's no, bad don't, parenting. Don't, 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 do, don't that. do that. Uh, that. But you could share it with your other family and friends that are adults and stuff like that. And, and uh, we are and on- you could, Apple Podcasts, yeah. iTunes, iTunes. If you, it, it is Apple Podcasts now because uh, they rebranded or whatever. Yeah, but if you're if you're archaic and on your PC, if you go to iTunes and actually give us a five star review, that goes a long way in in making sure that we come up first when you search whatever yeah, show. You can just do it on your iPhone too, or or yes, whatever. I guess Apple you can Podcasts. Do it on iPhone. Um, it's a, it's a thing people do these days. Anyway, I think that's the show for this week. Uh, we'll stop begging now. I will see you next. I'll week. never stop begging for money, but go no, ahead. No, we won't. Later. <laughs> Bye.